first rule in grip sport is you tell everyone about grip sport. You're crushing conscript thick bar wrists. If the best guy in the world can't lift 100 pounds on it, I, I don't give a shit about it. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of The Grip Show. Um, with me today, I have a special guest, and this time it's going to be a little bit different because I have our first uh, women's lifter. Um, so I'd like to welcome Tammy McClure to the podcast, and uh, how's your day been going, Tammy? Uh, good. Kind of a, like a little roller coaster of a day, but, you know, that's I feel like normal these days. <laughs> okay. But overall, pretty good. Good day. This is fun to be doing this. It's what, like... Uh, 8 p.m. 10 for you, right? Yep, it's about yeah. That, that's a, that, it's like a two-hour time difference. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got my uh, my workout in already. Like so, now I'm just chilling. <laughs> well, <laughs> just, just curious, what what kind of stuff were you training? Um, well, overall, or yeah, just like was it was it like V bar? Were you climbing? Like I was climbing today. Yeah. Okay. Bouldering. Okay. Yeah. Um. So. I guess we could probably start with the bouldering because that's probably something, is, is that something you kind of started earlier on? Like, obviously I don't say you're newer to grip, yeah. but like you kind of started with probably climbing rocks and doing some other stuff like that prior to yeah. a lot of this stuff. Or were you like, I know you ran track and we'll talk about some of that stuff or you competed, you've competed in a lot of stuff and we'll cover <laughs> that, those things. But like, where did it kind of start? I guess. Uh, yeah. So like our local Nampa rec center, just a rec center, you know, um, it was almost like where I lived. My mom got us a family like charter membership. So basically we remember since it was like began construction and I like lived there practically. <laughs> okay. And I, you know, like playing basketball and running around the track and swimming and all that kind of like normal stuff. And then I kept mm -hmm. eyeballing the, they had a rock climbing wall, um, in, just kept walking by it every day. And then I think after about a year, I was like, I'm going to try that. And then that's when I got hooked. And um, there is route climbing and bouldering there. So you could kind of pick and choose depending on if you had a blair. Uh, if you didn't have a blair, you could just boulder around. And it's actually a really awesome gym because it's, I think it's one of the longest roofs, it has like a complete mm -hmm. horizontal roof, like upside down. I think okay. it goes out like 40 or 50 feet. Wow. So that's okay. pretty unique. Yeah. Yeah. So around around what age did you probably start that? Would you say? Oh, I was um, fifteen. Okay. 15. And had you done any other sports before that, or was that kind of like I mean, other than like I mean, like were you like on like, like actual teams and doing track and stuff before that, or rock yeah, climbing was up, like what started? Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I grew up doing gymnastics a little bit. Um, okay. Up until the competitive level, I didn't. I had to kind of pick and choose, you know, mm -hmm. just so much time and money that my family had. So I actually quit gymnastics and started doing, um, playing basketball and then basketball only lasted a couple of years. I didn't make the team in high school. <laughs> I transferred to a different high school, a private Catholic mm -hmm. high school. And then, uh, I don't know. I think, I think some of the, the family, you know, the people have been going to the schools for years, got maybe a little more favored, which ended up being a great thing. Cause I quit basketball and then I yeah. devoted more time into track and soccer. Um, eventually I, I dwindled it down to just, track and field. Um, and I was mostly a jumper. They would okay. throw me in this a little bit here and there, but, um, long and triple jump. Yeah. Okay. So long and triple jump. And, um, like I said, I'm, I'm kind of going down a couple of different paths with this, um, just to give yeah. like background context here. Um, 
you went on to college to jump, correct? For like the NCAA? Yeah, yeah. So I went to the oh. University of Idaho. Uh, I'm from mm-hmm. Boise, Idaho. And so yeah. the University of Idaho is up north, kind of in the panhandle area. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually wasn't planning on doing track in college. Um, I had submitted like a inquiry form, like online, you know? Yeah. yeah. I never, never got like recruited really hard, hardcore or anything. And then, um, the track coach, the female, uh, Yogi Tevens, she called me up, like school was just about to start. I was already up there my freshman year and do you want to walk on the team? And I was like, Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? So I ended up, I was a walk on. Um, freshman year and then I ended up um, doing well at my sophomore year and so I ended up getting a full ride um, for the remainder okay. so, yeah, yeah. And, and so you went from basically being a walk-on to getting a full ride and then I believe like I said I'm, I'm referring to notes but uh, for the uh, triple jump uh, Big West champ so that'd be like a conference championship that you won yeah yep. is that correct yeah, yeah. so yeah, I mean cool. the, yeah. so I mean that that's a good I mean I don't know. That, that, that's, that's, that's like cool to be a walk on. And then, like you said, you know, kind of, kind of earn a the scholarship and then also go on to like, also become a champion at it. You know what I mean? So that's, right. a, that's a interesting path, you know? So you, while you're doing the jumping or while you've done this stuff, you've been exposed to the rock climbing before, or you've at least messed around with it. Um, have you always lived out in Idaho? Is that like just hometown always has been? Uh, pretty much. I, I grew up, um, kind of outside of Boise, um, mm-hmm. on a farm. And then I did live in Seattle for just, um, under a year, you know, I kind of traveled a bunch, but pretty much back to my roots in Idaho here. Yeah. Okay. Now my question with that is, is like, just based on like being out West and kind of the way it is like, uh, geographically, I guess, do you think that that has something to do with maybe, I guess like the bouldering or rock climbing being a little more prominent out there because I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's places where I could climb at, but like, if you told me, Hey Zach, like go find a climbing gym right now. It's like, I don't even know where I would go where I'm at. Or, you know, when I was younger, just not something that was really around. Do you feel like that area is kind of uh, more popular for that kind of stuff or it makes it more accessible for people? Um, We definitely have a lot of rock here in Idaho. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah a lot of good rock, a lot of bad rock, um, just a lot of in-between rock, you know, but like our local bouldering area is only like 30 minutes away. Um, okay. like, uh, it's called Swan Falls and, uh, it's, it's amazing. There's just so much rock down there. Um, we have another climbing area called Reynolds Creek and it's granite. We have a, quite a variety of rock. We have like sandstone, granite, nice limestone, um, basalt all within like three hours of Boise. So that's, what's kind of unique about, um, our little area right here. Okay. So being out there kind of getting into rock climbing or just that being kind of uh, something that you were always, you know, somewhat interested in what's probably some of the cooler climbs or what's like some of the most difficult climbs you've done. And like I said, I'm not a climber, so you might have to kind of dumb it down a little bit and explain, it, like right. explain to me like uh what a v10 is oh um, yeah, yeah. Climbing, maybe <laughs> you know something like that like um, if, if you say that like oh i climbed a v10 it's like i what would help the listeners or me it, me, me included um understand kind of like the magnitude of what yeah. that is Ooh, i would say like okay so the bouldering scale like it goes mm-hmm. from v0 that's like mm-hmm. the very basic you know the easiest grade so and i then, might um, i might be able to do that one 
Oh yeah, for sure. Okay, not just joking, but like, yeah. Like, I feel like all the grippers out there that have some like basic <laughs> grip strength, you know, like yeah. probably walk into a climbing gym and pull off probably V three ish. Gotcha. Maybe V four, maybe V five. Then yeah. technique, technique, and obviously, I mean, obviously, the strength and endurance and everything else, but then technique probably comes into it a little bit as well. Oh yeah, yeah, big time. Like I'm still like I've been climbing since what, like 15 years old, and I'm still like learning technique you know just mm-hmm. I feel like that's something that just never um you can have too much of like it just every day I'm like oh I learned a new move you know <laughs> or a new way of doing something that I never thought about before um yeah okay just so is v10 so like fun. the top or is there anything above that oh no there's that. definitely yeah oh, there's okay a lot. <laughs> okay because, okay um, I didn't know if that was like the max scale or something or yeah v17 I believe um don't quote me on that. I haven't kept up recently on like who's done what, but yeah, like the strongest out there are doing like upper V 15, 16. Um, gotcha. Yeah. That range. And then like, I see the climbing wall behind you, like in your yeah. uh, tra- training area. So the dojo, the dojo. Okay. In the, do- in the climbing dojo. So um, I know that like, obviously it makes it easy to kind of train or practice things at home and that's convenient, but do you prefer the outdoor or indoor style is, you know, what, what would kind of be some differences between those forms of climbing? Uh, it's super seasonal for me. So like um, mm-hmm. our local area right now, it's just starting to get kind of good. Um, so like fall, winter, spring, uh, Swan Falls is like amazing. Like it's always five degrees warmer than up in the Valley. Mm-hmm. So it's like this little, I don't know, little piece of heaven, like in the wintertime, you go down there and the sun's shining. We have this thing we say, it's always sunny at Swan Falls, you know, it's just mm-hmm. always like if it's raining in Boise, it's pretty much dry down there. So um, it's a pretty long season down there, Swan Falls. Um, like I climbed through, I don't know, past the Arnold's last year. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. So now with, uh, like I said, with the, with the climbing background, obviously that kind of, uh, you know, you're strengthening your fingers, the tendons, you know, all all kinds of stuff with the hand and everything, you know, supporting your body, what you're pulling, you're moving all this stuff. Um, at what point do you, I guess, find out about training your grip in like a deadlift form or deadlift capacity, like would be contested in arm lifting or grip sport or something like, you know, when did you first kind of like, I guess, realize like, okay, I've been training my grip doing this thing that I like, but there's also like this other way to, train grip or there's other things to do that are yeah. like okay I'm deadlifting instead of climbing like when did you kind of uh find yeah. that out kind of funny my husband and I were talking about this last night kind of going through a timeline of because you know I feel like <laughs> I've forgotten so many things over the years like did mm-hmm. I train this or that you know so like in college we had a training facility like this mm-hmm. pretty fancy weight room and I was like the weakest on the whole team, the weakest at any like bench press type movement. I could do Mm -hmm. pull-ups because of the climbing, but like the worst, like even the cross country girls, like kick my butt on the bench press. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Not really, but you know, like, yeah, I I get what you mean. Yeah. yeah. And like, we were doing basic stuff like squats and deadlifts, but honestly, I don't think I was getting like that much training and, and all that. Um, Yeah. Looking back, I'm like, I wish I kind of had pushed that a little more, paid attention more to technique and then continued. Like, I don't think I started deadlifting really after college until I was like maybe 30 again, like 30 okay. years old. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm 40 and, now. Okay. And was that just to like, just like general fitness? Like you weren't even like considering like 
competing in grip yet or anything like that, right? Or right, testing yeah. grip in a competition. You were just lifting to lift pretty much or to stay in shape. And yeah. yeah. Okay. I feel like in my 20s, I was mostly like, um, just mostly rock climbing and climbing outside, climbing in the gym. And then we were also um, putting up new boulder problems, like up in the mountains. We would mm-hmm. hike back, you know, like seven miles to develop an area back there. So um, I think that's just the way I was staying fit. It was just a lot of hiking with a lot of weight on my back. And, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't even really know what deadlifts were. I don't think <laughs> until like my thirties. And then I was like, Oh, I should get into more strength training and, you know, uh, like I was doing plyometrics quite a bit in college, mm-hmm. obviously dumping and yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But I got yeah. you. So, um, then I guess from there, like you have kind of like the general fitness, you're kind of lifting and doing whatever, but you're still mostly like outdoors climbing or doing, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. When's the first time you do like a legitimate grip implement or some type of contested piece of equipment? Yeah. Oh, okay. Do you, do you remember that at all? Well, I did CrossFit for two years, like when I was like 30, 31, somewhere in there. And I'm trying to think if we had any grippy stuff in that. I feel like not really, huh? CrossFit not does it really? <laughs> Probably not too much. Yeah, you know, I I don't I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I have an outsider's perspective of it and like watching it from afar. But as far as like participating, yeah. I I don't necessarily know the ins and outs of it. So yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so fa- oh, you know, like so Ninja Warrior did that. And okay, so you, you did, yeah. Okay, pigs. I was going to bring that up. Yeah, yeah. we we did um, a lot of pig training and um, like lishing and you know grabbing mm-hmm. a lot of like big balls like either one hand swinging from mm-hmm. yeah there's all sorts of different um shapes and grips that you'd have to like swing and catch and that and that's and that's kind of like almost i almost say like an obstacle course but it's kind of is but it's almost revolved around like a hanging obstacle course right yeah i mean yeah. You're, you're pretty much yeah. doing like an obstacle course but there's a lot of like hanging and like you said kind of like bouncing around to the next thing and having to catch yourself mm-hmm. and support your weight and all that um how far did you kind of push that? And is that like the actual like American Ninja Warrior type stuff and whatever? I mean, is yeah, is, is that what it is? I'm, yeah, I just, yeah, I'm sorry if I'm like in the dark on some of these topics because it's oh, no. like I, I I know of the name, but it's like it's not like I've watched it right. extensively. I never so really watched it either until I kind of decided to do the show. <laughs> yeah, and then I was like, I better watch this show a little more. You know, I actually like watched almost every single episode once I got. Yeah, so I applied for American Ninja Warrior when Casey Catanzaro, okay. this very petite girl who kicked ass and got up the warped wall. She did all the obstacles. Um, and so I just went on the website and I applied and then I ended up getting the call like, okay, you got to, you know, be in, uh, let's see, I think it was Indianapolis my first year. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so, or Kansas City, sorry. Okay, yeah. that's all good, yeah, yeah. Like two weeks away, you know, I was like, okay <laughs> yeah so you're kind of just getting thrown into it without i mean you've seen it but yeah. you really haven't like i guess fully experienced it yet exactly at that yep. point yeah um <laughs> yeah and and what would you say like during that i guess that time or doing the american ninja warrior stuff what uh what was probably i guess i don't know if there's like placing or for competition stuff like what was like kind of like the best you placed or what's like the best performance or kind of the yeah. funnest time you had Oh, okay. Um, let's see. So it, it almost, be, it's a sport now, Ninja Warrior, mm-hmm. like the sport of ninja. So there's all these like, kind of like arm lifting USA, you know, or mm-hmm. GSI, like there's different sanctions that put on their own. Okay. Uh, yeah. So uh, my best one, I would say, I, I think my best memory was down in California. Uh, have you heard of J- 
Jesse Graff. I haven't. She, she was, she's like a Ninja Warrior, like superhero, like literally okay. like superhero. Yeah. yeah. So it's like right next to her. Um, I did the 14 foot six inch uh, warped wall. That was my tallest warped wall. That's the thing that you kind of like run up, run up, you know, the, mm -hmm. like, at a like it's park. like a ramp or something, or it almost yeah. looks like a, I, I guess like what I would consider like almost like a skateboard, like uh not like a half pipe, oh. but it's like it's like a ramp that you would almost like drop in on or something if you had like a skateboard. I like that that might not be an accurate description, but that's kind of nope, what I think exactly. of. Yep. Okay. I go to the skate park sometimes and we'll practice the little mini, you know. <laughs> okay. I gotcha. Yeah. Um season I was on for se three seasons, so se season seven, eight, and nine. Uh and my best after some training, you know, a couple of years of training mm -hmm. was um season nine. I made it to the city finals. Um, so it's like the, it's almost like you have the qualifiers and then you have the second round and then you have Las Vegas. So I didn't make it okay. to Vegas, but I get to the the second round, okay. which now, I was stoked. Yeah. <laughs> with that being said, is is that like televised or is, is that like a, is there somewhere where yeah. that was like televised at the time? Yeah, right. it's televised and it's filmed at night. It's very like, it's odd. I don't know. You, you have got, to stay like, up all they got like the lights going and stuff and it's like outdoors. Yeah. I think, I think I've seen kind of some of the stuff. So like with this thing being televised, like what were some of your like friends and family members thinking at the time? Were they like excited that you were doing it or like, what, what was their take on it? Yeah. yeah. Um, so we were allowed to have, you know, some people come and support us. So my husband was there. Um, mm -hmm. And then also a few uh, family and friends came, some cousins that were in town and um Yeah. I convinced my parents to stay home at the time because I was like, Oh, it's, it's at like four in the morning. I'm like, they're not going to like that. <laughs> yeah. So that makes sense. Uh, yeah. I had a small little posse, you know, crew, but yeah, it was, it was, it's hard because like, imagine, I don't know. I'm thinking in the grip world, like imagine just like boom, some surprise grip competition that you don't know what anything, you know, what the implements are going to be or what the challenge oh, is yeah. going to be. Uh, yeah. show up at like four in the morning and um oh it's your turn like you get like 30 minutes warm up yeah all the lights and camera on you and um crowds and yeah and then you might fall into water if you fail the grip implement <laughs> yeah. yeah no it, it definitely yeah i i can definitely picture it and it, it's similar to like I, I just interviewed carl in the last episode and yeah. carl was kind of mentioning you know just that similar <laughs> the similar thing kind of like with the jump to like Olympic level stuff is like, right. you know, Hey, you don't know when you're going to warm up when you're going, you know, you got to wait here for 30 minutes. You got to, it's like, you don't, you, there's a lot of things that are out of your control. So like, you don't get to go out and test all those implements or do a bunch of practice with it. You don't get to like walk up to them and be like, Hey, I think I'm gonna take my turn now. Right. It's like, exactly. yep. you're kind of at their mercy and you just have to kind of try your best in the moment. So it's, it's probably like really hard being put on spot like that and then having to, you know, still perform. Yeah, that, that's yeah. pretty accurate. Yeah, that, that, yeah. that's that's kind of how I picture it. Um, so from kind of taking the climbing all the way to like doing Ninja Warrior stuff and you know performing pretty well at that. Um, when exactly do you do like your first, I guess, like grip strength training session? I I know the the other stuff has carryover, like the climbing, and that could still be grip strength. But at what point do you like touch a rolling handle or do you pick up an axle for the first time? When? Oh, about, yeah. about when so, did you do that? My buddy Jen Tibbenham, mm -hmm. um, I talk about her a lot, but she's she's an amazing person, and um, we know each other from track days. She went to Boise State. We were like mm -hmm. rivals, right? Okay. 
<laughs> um, so we had meets together, but she was a thrower and I was a jumper. So somehow we ended up like hanging out at a party one night after a track mm-hmm. meet and um, just, I don't know, became good buds. Next thing you know, like we're on, we're doing like a pyramid on top of each other. <laughs> yeah. Just stupid things. But um, we stayed friends since then and kept in touch, you know? Um, yeah. And then, so she's from Idaho. Uh, her brother lives mm-hmm. here in uh, Boise. Yeah, so she comes in. Um, well, she's in England now. She moved away, yeah, but yeah, she yeah. comes back and visits. And so she, when she would visit, she would, you know, we would text and get together. And she'd bring over her grip stuff to my garage. And she'd climb. And I would try her grip stuff. And, yeah, I was kind of like, this is, this is kind of weird, but yeah. let me try. <laughs> Now, w- yeah. when you first started trying, um, was it like pretty apparent to you that you're like, hold on a minute, I'm I'm pretty strong at this, or did anybody else kind of say like, whoa, you're you know like, did you kind of like have a good start out of the gate like with some of your numbers, or was it kind of like a big learning curve where you're like, oh, I'm pretty average at this and it might take some work, or did that right. climbing background just like start you off kind of like ahead of the pack? I'm trying to remember because it's been several years. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I was able to kind of keep up with Jen with some of the stuff that she brought over. Um, Mm -hmm. I think she brought like, um, some of the little pinch guys. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I still don't even know what what it was called. Like the tiny little pinch thing. Um, it's like a Uh, coin. Yeah. Probably a coin lift, some type of key pinch. I mean, it's some form of key pinch, I'm sure. But yeah. What the yeah. <laughs> yeah like what the implement would be called who knows there's there's you yeah. know there's so many different ones of uh of key pinch stuff oh, um, i can't really remember exactly what she brought those like the first couple of times that she came over yeah i know she brought like a chain and that was a little like that was kind of rough <laughs> yeah like a chain lift see I, i've never even done a chain lift i've seen people do it but uh yeah i don't know i've just never i've never yeah. tried so but but i know the lift you're talking about um so through that I guess maybe that kind of piqued your interest enough to somewhat keep doing it. Like when was the like, okay, these implements are a little weird. I'll try this out. And then when does it shift to like, Hey, I'm actually going to train this or I'm going to go compete somewhere. Um, When did you kind of make that decision? Uh, So it was about a year and a half ago. Jen was saying that she was going to plan on coming um, from England to Boise and live here for the summer with her two kids. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Over in mountain home but her brother lives here. Um, her mom lives over in mountain home. Um, she had a bunch of stuff that she was wanting to take care of. I don't know, life-wise, I guess over Mm -hmm. here for the summer. So she said, Hey, you know, I want to host this competition, the super series. If I host it, will you do it with me? And I was like, okay, sure. You know, sign me up. So that's, that's the first competition. And do you remember how you placed with that? Um, how the standings shook up? Did you, did you do pretty well that Uh, first time? Yeah, yeah, I won. I won my weight class. Uh, I think overall, I got that year. I got second behind uh, Sarah. Okay. Yeah. But and, you know, uh, wait, that was. So I think Gabby did half of it. She didn't do both. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, something to consider. That makes sense. And like I said, that kind of brings me into the point that, like, um, for your weight class you've you've never been beaten your weight class right since you've been doing any form of grip training or like grip competitions has anyone ever beat you in your weight class like uh, uh yes see king kong the um finish ball 
a girl got me in the finished ball at King but Kong. That, but that's year. one that's one event. But like for the overall placing, you've won. Right. right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so yeah, like I'm sure maybe somebody gets you in one event, but I'm talking about like if you were to package the whole competition together, you've never actually been beat like in a three to four event setup or like in a competition. You've never lost your weight class at all or or placed second to anybody. Uh right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And usually it's the heavier weight classes if if you were to get outlifted it's usually people that are well above your weight so like you hold your own with some of like the strongest women that have ever been in grip and you're kind of like hanging tough but you know you're i'm trying <laughs> yeah yeah no no you've been doing a good job um but the other thing i was going to bring up on that is with you kind of uh winning uh, a lot of stuff or pretty much winning everything in your weight class so far and a lot of times it seems like there's kind of a, a gap between you and maybe some of the other women that are lifting um, do you have anybody that you think is like a prospect or like a threat in a sense? Like, do you, is, is there anybody that you see that you're like, Oh, if like, like if that lady joins my class, that might be interesting. Or do you see like any like new lifters coming in that maybe are good prospects that could give yeah, you a run actually, for your money? Okay. Oh yeah. Just, there's a girl. Oh, I don't know her name. I don't, I just, she just started following me on Instagram just like okay. yesterday. And so I was followed her back and, um, checking her out she did like 130 already on the the two inch saxon okay yeah, yeah which i mean like that's pretty good for i feel like her first i don't know she i think she's been training on it for a few months but mm -hmm. that's pretty dang good like that that saxon the two inch is tough yeah. <laughs> I, I was just i was just curious if there was anybody that you were like okay yeah i've won these things but like this is kind of who i look out for or maybe this person so i didn't know if you had somebody like kind of on your radar where you're like okay i've been winning but like this other person could kind of come in here and oh, maybe shake I it just, up i just kind of noticed uh miss barbarian barbie is that her name <laughs> do you know who uh, maybe I, I might know like the instagram name or something but yeah i'm, I'm not super familiar with um, it but barbarian barbie i don't know her real name this is embarrassing all right, but, no no uh, it's, it's all right like i said and that's funny okay. because like a lot of times with people um doing stuff on like instagram or their you know, they're on these apps and that's where a lot of these, you know, people are talking grip or they're saying stuff. And half the time, yeah. like you'll almost call them by their Instagram name or something. Or if I'm talking about somebody, I do it all the time. Like, like I had Chaz Strange on the show, but like half the time I say his name to somebody else, I just say stranger grip. Cause that's what his right. like handle is. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I get what you mean. Like just not knowing the name exactly, but you, yeah. you, you know, <laughs> you know who it is and what they're doing. So um, well, there, there's I, some strong ladies out yeah. there that just, haven't done grip sport you know that some climber girls that i'm like mm -hmm. oh boy if they jumped in like yeah they'd be killing it um whether they want to jump in or not i don't know like the yeah. one girl uh she's a doctor uh, natasha barnes she's a climber and strength coach she um is a big power lifter okay yeah so she went from being this like really tiny climber like stick body you know to like strong power lifter doctor and she's kind of a badass and now she has her own podcast channel too and um i think she picked up a 200 pound uh, kettlebell okay yeah so that i mean is, is, now being in your area in idaho and like i said having like a lot of climbers and stuff like that or having access to that or being like kind of known in that community or being involved with it um is that part of your plan maybe to try to like I don't want to say persuade people, but you know, if, if they're interested, try to get them 
into competing or competing with you or like if you're hosting venues because you've hosted venues before and uh you're you know you compete i don't say fairly often you compete pretty often you know what i mean so are you trying to get more people involved like that like other female competitors other climbers and things like that in your area uh yeah to a certain extent you know i only have so much time right like, yeah but i don't want to like try to convince anybody to do it but i will yeah. mention it people and like if they seem a little bit psyched like i'll text them and be like hey monday night you know typically on monday nights me and mm -hmm. uh, jesse my friend jesse um she's going to florida for the the super or the arm lifting championship okay yeah but uh, we did the super series and she's very very psyched and she's having a lot of fun it's just fun to have another buddy you know over here and uh i had another girlfriend that she did it but she didn't sign up for anything she didn't you know she did become a member and all that, but she's mm -hmm. thinking about doing it. I think for reals, right? Like yeah, yeah. signing. I got you. Um, and she did really well. Uh, her name's Robin. Um, there's another girl I met at, I did a strongman comp, um, like a week ago. And yeah. I saw you, I saw you like lifted some stones or carrying some stuff or something. I, yeah, uh, so I, I, yeah, I, I didn't see like every event or like any placings maybe, but I definitely saw like some action photos of it and stuff. So <laughs> yeah. How, how did that, how did that go? Um, it was actually, it was, it went well. I didn't get injured. So yay. <laughs> that's all. Yeah. That's always good. Right. Yeah. So. I was worried with the circus dumbbell. Cause I'd never really lifted with one. Be I think I tried one the week prior just to make sure, you know, the circus yeah, and dumbbell. And you're pressing that overhead. Yeah. Single yeah. arm. Yep. Press. Yeah. 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 But you know, gotcha. remember like I'm the weakest presser out there. <laughs> so, um, I almost just put this competition in place just to work on my weakness a bit, you know? Yeah, that's definitely cool. Um, like I said, and that's why I said you have kind of like a diverse background because there's, you know, the aspect of jumping with track and there's this climbing and then you're also doing, you know, arm lifting competitions. You've competed in King Kong before, you know, like you've you, you, you've kind of competed all over. Then you're doing, you know, strongman style competition here recently. So you, you've kind of jumped in and done a little bit of everything to some extent. Yeah. Yeah, um, there was another, there's three girls in our weight class and this third gal besides Jesse and I, um, she lives like only a few miles from my house. And so I mentioned yeah. Rip Night over here and she seemed interested. So I'm going to like reach out to her and see if she wants to join. Um, okay. And I have another buddy who he's a climber who lives only a mile away. So he joined in for a little bit and he did the first super series, mm -hmm. um, but he couldn't do the second one just due to traveling. And, yeah. Um, and that's the thing about like a multi uh, or like a, I guess multi-venue, but when you have multiple stages, if you miss one, one stage, it's like when the scores are getting accumulated, it's like, ah, if you miss one stage, it's like you could be the best yeah. lifter in the world. But when you take zeros in half the events, just because you weren't there, then it's like, you know, it, it, you. Uh, a little bit. Yeah. It's like, it, it can be deceiving to where, you know, people end up on a list and stuff like that. Um, so yeah. there could be some really strong people. Um, well, even like, I think, uh, uh, Eve Gravel, I think he had the same issue where like he dominated the first stage and then I don't think he did the second. So he ended up yeah. not winning his class, but like, had he done the second stage, he's right. going to win his class. So it's, it's just how it is, you know? Um, so yeah, it, missing a, a stage is, is bad. So, or Eve, it, it, it'll affect my, your uh, programming coach. Eve. Okay. So, yeah. uh, so and, and is that more around climbing and grip or is that like a mixture of both? Yes. Yeah. Both <laughs> mixture of both. Okay. Um, have you been seeing pretty good progress since then? Like with what you're uh, doing, yeah, are yeah. you feeling good about kind of the system and how you're working? 
I think so. I'm trying it out. Um, but so far, I've, I've gotten PRs and everything in the past two Super Series. So okay. I think it's working. Um, it's just whether, you know, hopefully I'm not overdoing it. Just I have to remind myself to, you know, don't overdo it. Because <laughs> it's Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Well, and, and just not even from a training aspect, this is another point I wanted to kind of bring up was um, – just like your day-to-day -day type stuff, because like, okay, we're just talking on the training side of like grip or strength and all this stuff, but like you have a family, you have kids, you have, you have other stuff, right? So like you are, you, you guys have like a wine business. Is that the right way to put it? Or like a winery and yeah, you're right. kind of like having to run that. So like, you're probably having to like work with like running a business, you know, managing kids and then you're finding time to climb and do all this stuff. So it's like, that's one thing I wanted to get into. Cause you're talking about like trying not to overdo it in your training because you are kind of juggling so many different aspects, but you're still able to make it work and you're still progressing and you're still performing very well. So um, is there any advice maybe you could give to the people listening as to like how to juggle that or how to, how you kind of work through it or how you kind of categorize things. I, like I said, that might be a vague question, but there's a lot of people that feel like they don't have enough time to do stuff or, Oh, I can't do that. Or, Oh, if I, if, if I didn't have to do this, then I would probably be in shape too. And it's like, how do you basically like uh, do all the things that you do, but don't have any uh, excuse, you know, how, how do you always seem to get the job done in every single field or whatever? Yeah, it is a juggling act. I feel like mm -hmm. it is a balance of trying to, I don't know. Do you listen to the Daily Stoic at all? Um, no, I, I I don't. I mean, I might see like some posts or something, but yeah, not, yeah. not, not too often. He talks about how you have to pick like two things that you focus on, you know, like whether it's social or family or family or work, work, mm -hmm. social, right? But I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, you have like five or like more. Yeah. Yeah. But really, yeah. With I don't know. I think having kids has helped me, I guess, prioritize things and uh, make use of my time mm -hmm. the most efficiently, right? Yeah. Uh, whether that's taking a nap, seriously. <laughs> like, okay. I never used to be a napper, but like, if I could sneak in like a midday nap, I'm. That's how I get my like evening workouts in. Probably after you know yeah. the kids bed eat dinner, put kids to bed and then come out to the garage and do lifting or a little bit of climbing. Like having the home garage is a nice setup because it's just right here. Right. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. So making, I think just advice would be like having things accessible, like grip implements are what the most accessible out there probably. Right. Like, yeah, they're pretty small. And like I said, it doesn't take a lot or even if it's a, uh, you can use homemade stuff a lot of times to train for things, you know, just common for the most part, common household items you can train. Um, you can really get yeah. as creative as, as you want. And uh, yeah, so like if the thing that's stopping somebody from training is like, oh, I don't want to get in the car and drive 20 minutes to that gym. It's like, well, you can yeah. still just train at your house. You know, there's a lot of things that you can do without having, uh, I don't know, a major gym or something like that. So like you said, uh, definitely if you can kind of prioritize and have access to like a climbing wall yeah. within within your house or, you know, your one door separates you from your gym. It's, it makes it a lot easier for you to kind of yeah. stay motivated and, and do that stuff. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I just, I just wanted to get your opinion on that because like I said, there's. Well, so like our business yeah. is um, it's pretty flexible. It's seasonal, okay. right? With the, the yeah. Yeah. 
like right now it's really, really busy for us. So it's, my trainings had to go a little bit on the back burner, just a little bit like, but with like my scheduling the Eve's programs for me, I like kind of look at it as a weekly thing. So like I'll have mm -hmm. my daily workouts, but like, say I only have, you know, an hour or, you know, 30 minutes, even I'll just try to get this done and checked off the list. Um, yeah. and then maybe the next day I'll do something in the morning and then something in the evening, you know, or just try to like plan the week, you know, depending on how busy we are, you know, and then also like, I have a little bit of daycare help, which is nice. Like the kids okay. go to um, like a preschool two days a week, which is nice. Um, so those are the days I know I can get like something solid in and then also mm -hmm. a buttload of work done. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, but then you have the other days to kind of recover from it too. If you, push yeah. hard. So then again, there's kind of like a little bit of a balance there. Now, this is totally just a, a fun question, just a bonus question for fun. I'm just messing around. But uh, with the wine, with the whole wine deal going on, right? And your name on Instagram or your tag name is like Wine Warrior Tammy, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, have you ever, have you ever drank wine or mixed the wine with climbing? Or is oh. it like, or, 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 or like, or is it like never, never climb like while I'm or, you know what I mean? Have you ever just like been drinking and climbing or is that like a no-go because you're like, no, it's dangerous or like. Uh, you... In my twenties, I could get away with shit like that, you know, like <laughs> yeah. I did some stupid stuff when I was in my twenties and like maybe thirties too, but starting to ease off a bit. In yeah. my 30s. Um, I have a funny story. My husband sent one of his hardest boulders down in uh, Bishop, California. It's a really mm -hmm. hard climb. Um, it's called the Mandala, but he had been on a road trip for quite a long time and his skin, he was done. Like he was just wrecked. It was like, he was actually leaving that day, uh, driving back home. I had driven separately. So anyways, but that morning it was uh, St. Patrick's day. Right. So mm -hmm. what do you do on St. Patty's day? You crack open a beer at like 10 AM. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, we're there at the boulders, just hanging out. I think I was climbing a little bit. He's drinking a beer and then you see someone over on the mandala, the climb. Then, uh, he's like, well, I gotta go just like fill the holds a little bit and then like 30 minutes later he's sending the thing you know yeah. <laughs> so sometimes a little little beer or wine you know takes away the nerves <laughs> yeah no I, yeah I guess it, it, it's funny because uh I like I said I'll, I'll kind of joke about it because I'm friends with them but drink? like uh what's that do you drink not really I mean, I have, but I, I don't really drink like regularly or anything. So yeah, I, I don't really do it. Um, I, like I said, I used to a little more, but yeah, now I don't. But uh, recently in a competition I did or like a training session that we had, um, I was with Ben Helms and uh, he had been drinking like while he was kind of competing. So he was just having fun and drinking. And like, he always seems to pull off like some of his best feats whenever he's like, a little bit buzzed or something yeah. because like he took like a red pill, which is like a, a really hard slick blob weight or like a block mm -hmm. weight. that's a blob to pick up. And like, he like snatched it and it's like the first person to do that. But it was like, I don't know. It's like, he almost yeah. gets a little bit of a superpower when he's been drinking just a little bit and he pulls off these feats that are like better than if he wasn't, I don't know. So like you said, maybe it kind of takes the edge off or just, I don't know. Uh <laughs> I think so. I think it could, you know, relaxes funny. you a little bit. So you're not so uptight. Yeah. I so I kind of have a rule that like I don't I've actually quit drinking for mm -hmm. the most part unless if it's like you know a special occasion or whatever really yeah. really fancy meal I don't drink with um until basically I'm done like not even yeah. with dinner right now just 
because I know I'm going to do a little bit of training after dinner. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And typically if I have drinks, like I'm done, like I'm tired. <laughs> That's what I think it's great for me, a glass of wine. Cause it, it's like, you're done, go relax, <laughs> chill. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. It totally makes sense. Netflix. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, with, like I said, just hitting on the climbing stuff, hitting on some of the competitions and things. Um, I, I got to ask, like I said, cause we have like hobbies, like, you, you know, everybody has their own hobbies outside of the strength stuff that we're talking about. Um, one of your hobbies you have is painting dogs. So could you oh, elaborate yeah. on painting dogs or like what you do with that? Mm, I like, that's the only thing I can paint really dogs. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it is, so you're just doing like, like, is that like canvas type stuff? You're regularly just painting them. Like, or just, that's like the, I don't know. I like that's, that's kind of the style. Like markers, you know, those, um, okay. like those acrylic markers. Pasta. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I kind of started out doing it with those. Um, I just, you know, I was before having kids, I was a dog mom, like just love my dog Dahlia so much. She passed away, but, um, mm -hmm. it was like, I don't know, my baby. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so, yeah. And I would just like to draw like, a lot of our friends had dogs and just, like to draw dogs and give like people portraits of their dogs for gifts. And um, then I started kind of playing around with paint and acrylic paint. And so, yeah, like I've painted quite a few dogs that have uh, died, you know, as kind of a, mm -hmm. like a tribute gift. or something. Yeah, yeah. Like a tribute. Yeah. Yep. So okay. It's well, I currently, <laughs> I, I have two dogs, so I might have to like commission you to do like a special art piece for me or something since that's the case. Okay. So yeah. I, I don't know. Like I said, I, I don't oh. want to like throw more work on top of it, but yeah. Um, <laughs> what are their I, names? I, what's that? What's their names? Hank and Henry. <laughs> so yeah, they're in, in, interesting characters, but, uh, but yeah, no, I, I was, when I saw that, I'm like, Oh, I'll see if maybe I can get like a, get them painted or something like, like that. But yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll commission you for a piece of art. If, if there's any openings or time available, maybe I'll do that. But yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> But yeah. yeah, because like I said, I, I, I like my dogs too. And uh, I just thought it was like interesting, like I said, that you have, well, everybody does. We all have hobbies outside of uh, yeah. the one thing that yeah. we're, ma we're mainly talking about grip strength, but like everybody has, you know, this other stuff. Like I might be hunting or fishing and you might yeah. be, you know, running the, running the business, doing all this other stuff, doing art. You know, there's, there's a lot of other outdoor that's stuff elk. going on. Okay. Uh, that's elk. You said you hunt? Yeah. Yeah, my now, cousin I'm, makes I elk yeah okay yeah i haven't been out west too much so i'm more like hunting white-tail deer and like over towards the east um a little guy. yeah yeah a little, a little smaller yeah um but i'd love, cool. like to get out west someday and hunt um that would be cool um I yeah but uh like i said i just like bringing up other people's hobbies to kind of see what else they do um because there's so much more than just like the lifting weights and stuff like that. And we're going to spend plenty of time talking about grip anyway. So I always like to kind of just throw in like something else about the person or, you know, Hey, what do <laughs> they do in their free time? So um, with that being said, what do you think your next competition would be on like the grip side of things? Is there like a specific competition that you're getting ready for? Is it kind of an off season for you and you're kind of waiting? Like what's, what's the next competition look like for you? Yeah, so it's actually uh, Florida, the arm lifting. Okay, so you, okay, so you're going to be at the Florida competition. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. How, how do you feel about the? Uh, how do you feel about that? Of yeah, okay, King Kong, and then in Florida, yeah. and that's kind of like back to back, right? Yeah. One I mean, week. It's like yeah. So, um, 
Well, first I'll ask you, how do you feel about the, um, how do you feel about both lineups? So how do you feel about the King Kong events and how do you feel about the world championships for arm lifting? Oh, okay. So King Kong's first. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. October, man, that finished ball. There's something about it. Um, it's just so hard. Sarah was trying to tell me about some technique that you use where you like wrap your, I think, I can't remember if it's your middle finger over. I tried both yeah. ways. I, yeah, I, know I, what you I mean. can't get that. I don't know. Do yeah, you? I, I had, uh, I was talking to uh, Joe Hodson from Australia. Yeah. Who has like a climbing background and stuff. And uh, Joe was talking about, I haven't, I haven't trained finished ball. I haven't even tried it, but I'm probably in the same in the same boat, like, okay, when yeah. it gets a little bit closer and I got to start kind of training for it or doing some stuff, I'll, I'll mess around with some hand positions, but yeah, it's definitely right. not my favorite lift, but yeah, there's the, um, the jug. So I got a replica mm-hmm. jug, um, yep. from nemesis up in Canada. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And it feels pretty good. I don't, yeah, I think I'm going to hit lower than like the two inch. Oh yeah. Mo- most, mo- most people will. I, mean, I don't know. Very, she she, she kind of hits like bigger numbers on that i'm not, I'm not gonna say any numbers but okay that girl, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah okay and like i said some people that's the thing about grip too like sometimes people's hands just kind of fit a certain implement or a certain thing right. a different way and it just it lines up right and it's he has eight inch hands so i could see why the jug the two and two and a half inch jug feels good probably yeah that's that's bigger than my hands <laughs> man my hands are like seven and three quarter. So ah. like, yeah. So like, man, I <laughs> wish I, I wish I had eight inch hands. It might help me out I, on some of these lists, but don't call me on that. I'm pretty sure she does. I, okay. I thought I heard her say that. But no, yeah, um, but, but that, 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 that helps. I mean, it doesn't hurt for most events. Um, now, yeah, there's the iron mind, uh, blockbuster yeah. that is hard. Yeah. It yeah. well, depending on hand size too. um, most of the most of the women lifters are probably you know that three inch the three inch is a, a pretty a decently wide pinch for it's not super yeah. wide but it's it's not narrow necessarily either um and that's for the males now when you get into the women's lifters it's like with hand sizes generally being smaller for the most part um mm-hmm. that i could see where that three inch uh block can kind of cause you know i don't know a little bit more of a frustration or yeah. you know, well, problems in training but. before I got before I bought mine I was using just like a buddy made like a little wood ones right mm-hmm. yep. and okay first it was wood so it was a little sticky and then second it was it's small enough that you can cock your wrist you know what yep. I mean like yeah yeah, yeah. but the mm-hmm. this one here it's so long that like I feel like you can't you can't you're not going to get much yeah you're not going to get too much wrist engagement on it because yeah the pen is hanging from the bottom and you can still engage some wrist and you're going to get a little play in the carabiner, but yeah, it's the yeah. weight's loaded down low. So it, it's going to kind of straighten out on you. You, the, the leverage isn't really working in your favor on that one as much as like uh, a pinch block that maybe has like the axis going through the center where, you know, right. it revolves around and you can really, you know, it's all wrist basically. Um, so yeah. So you think, you think that'll be for you or you're not sure about that one? Uh, we'll, we'll see. I'm, I'm okay on, I don't know. We'll, well, you're pretty sure. well, you're pretty well-rounded at most stuff. So like I said, you'll, you'll, I don't know, maybe you have different opinions on the implements, but I still feel like you'll probably lift pretty well at most of them. Um, but I need to work on that finish ball though. Yeah. But the, you know, I'm going to Portland, so they have uh, very humid weather there. 
Yeah. So maybe it'll be like season. Maybe it'll be seasoned up a little bit and a little easier, get a little more friction. Yeah, Yeah. it's beautiful. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, compared to mine, and then there's the what is Crusher the only event we didn't cover on that one? Yeah, the Crusher, which I'm. I I don't know. I feel like I've kind of leveled out on the Crusher. I feel like a Mm -hmm. little bit. We'll see. I haven't maxed in a while, but um, that's one where. So I was asking Sarah Mm Chapelo what she was getting in the beginning when she started grip sport like on the rolling handle and she said she got like a somewhere around like 130s i think so i think she did 180 recently wow on a handle yeah so i'm like wow that's a lot of improvement in what five years like 50 pounds so that gives me a lot of hope but i feel like i've kind of i don't know a little bit leveled off on the spinning handles but we'll see It can go like that sometimes. Like it'll it, grip will kind of come and go in waves. You'll hit PRs here, and then it kind of dies down. And it, you know, it kind of just depends on what you're focusing on. And it, like I said, like my pinch has kind of sucked lately when I've been working on stuff. But it's like I, it's not like I'm just instantly weaker or something. It's like it, it'll come back around. I just gotta change yeah. some stuff up in training. Um, so then moving on to the uh, World Championships for Armlifting USA. How do you feel about that event yeah. lineup? Um, good. Yeah. So it's the, uh, grandfather clock, right? The yeah. two inch, which I was able to get 190, um, in the super series. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping maybe 200, but yeah. also realizing like, who knows anything could happen. Maybe I won't hit 190. Maybe I will in a competition, like, you know, the stage or being oh, yeah. up there. Well, I mean, the, yeah. the, the, the friction can change at any time. There's too many people. I don't say too many people, but yeah. there's, there's yeah. oftentimes there's, you know, there's a lot of hands on it. It's changing throughout the warm ups. It's changing, you know, the texture of it can change, you know, kind of throughout the competition. And, uh, yeah, it, it can be kind of unpredictable. Like sometimes with a V bar lift like that, you can go up to it and it'll feel like a warm up, And then the next time you go up, it won't leave the ground. And you're just like, like, what the hell happened? You know, it like it, yeah. You, you you can get cut off really quick with it. Um, so that's just kind of how some friction lifts are, at least yeah. that's how I kind of, how I view it. Um, how do you feel about the two by five Saxon? Oh yeah. You feel like stronger the, on that or the three inch? No, the three inch. You do? Yeah. Okay. I think it, it places more emphasis on my, um, you know, I got that synovitis going on a little bit with my middle fingers. Like it's, yeah. I can't, like fully straighten it. And so I have a weird technique, um, I don't know if people want to try it. It's, it's a little weird, but for me, it feels good. And it was just natural too. I just kind of played around and I was like, Oh, mm-hmm. but I basically um, put my middle finger up over my index finger. Yeah. Yeah. And that way it's not fully wanting to flatten my middle finger. Um, it almost makes the bar just a little bit fatter and it's more of like a, just a tighter pinch grip. I don't know. I, 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 no, I definitely get what you're saying because if you're going flat down, like on that uh, two inch bar or whatever, it's a two inch Saxon for, I mean, most people probably know, but if, if you don't like a two inch Saxon is a ton of wrist because it's a lot of wrist and finger pressure. You're, I'm not going to say there's not like thumb being utilized because yeah, it's technically a pinch, but it's like all finger pressure and a ton of wrist. So all that goes like to the joints, like you're saying. So kind of by, you know, yeah. kind of wrapping your finger like that. I, I, I could see where it would kind of disperse the pressure and kind of make it a more comfortable lift, or it could, you know what I mean? Prevent all that pressure from hitting one area if it's been giving you problems and stuff. And then yeah. I think the other one's like a Raptor medley or something like rolling handles. 
but it's kind of right. like a, med- a medley style that maybe goes up in increments yeah. and then you can like kind of um i was trying yeah. to convince ricardo to like for the ladies just have us all attempt like the same it would take a lot of weight plates but especially for the men you know just like five or six different weights and all the women attempt the same ones like you know getting heavier and heavier but yeah. it's dependent on what weight class you're in so um gotcha yeah 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 okay um so with those two competitions coming up um i, I wish you good luck in those competitions um and everything Thank like you. i said I hope, I hope your training keeps going well for them will you be there um, yeah i'm gonna be there so yeah, I, I I I plan on going. I'll probably be probably be in the hundred kilo class. So I think that's where I'll be. So like two twenty and under. I'm not quite two twenty, but I'll I don't feel like cutting to one ninety eight. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not. I, I'm just like overcutting weight at at the moment, yeah. and just don't care to do it. Especially like I said for a grip competition or something. Um, it's just, and with the travel, it's just almost too much of a hassle to be cutting weight and trying to travel and do all that. So, um. I'll be lifting at a hundred uh, kilos and uh, yeah, plan on being there and I'm hosting a King Kong venue myself. So I'll yeah. pretty much be doing the same thing pretty much back to back, like, like you are for those. So um, I have a quick question for you Yeah, yeah. Uh, with weight classes, like are all grip comps weight class based that you know of? Um, For the most part, that's how it's been tracked. Um, yeah. Jed Johnson a long time ago, and this is way before I was even in the sport, Jed Johnson had mentioned, and I'm sure he's not the only guy. There's several others that had talked about, um, you know, maybe doing it by hand size and stuff like that, you know, oh, we should have a, you know, the classes should go by your hand size and not what you weigh. Maybe that would be more fair. That would be cool. Yeah. It, it, it sparks a big debate. And like, I have opinions on that, um, that, that I could give people, like I said, I don't want to like, talk too much like i said i want i want to interview you but i could give my take on it and it's like what's your take <laughs> okay my, my take is that realistically um when somebody says hand sizes the first thing i ask them if they say okay i think we should do it by hand size and i say okay well are we going to measure from the wrist crease to the middle finger because that's only one dimension of the hand we're not measuring the span from the thumb to the pinky so, you know what I mean? It's like, are we measuring the span? Are we going to do wrist to middle finger? And if we go wrist to middle finger, we're not measuring the thumb at all. So if we take the thumb out, then like, how's that going to help anybody on pinch lifts? Because someone like Jed Johnson has a thumb that's like this long. And really? that's not that's not even going to be included in the measurement that we're doing. So then you just kind of create a whole new set of problems because we have right. to define like, how do we measure the hand now? Because it's still mm-hmm. going to be unfair to some degree. And the biggest point I would drive home to most people on this. Okay. And this is, this is like the, I guess like the, the final summary of it is the only thing that hand size classes are going to do versus weight classes is maybe change your placing. Okay. It might change your placing. You might get second instead of third. You might get fourth instead of third, you know, but here's, here's the thing I want people to understand you're still going to lift the same what you're going to lift. Like you're going to lift the same thing. You're not going to be stronger. You know, like if you lift 150 pounds on the crusher, you're still going to lift 150 pounds on the crusher. Your weights are going to be the same. So instead of worrying about what weight class or what hand size you're lifting at, it's like, just worry about getting stronger. 
Because at the end of the day, your numbers are going to be the numbers you lift, regardless of how people categorize it and how the placings fall. You are you and you're going to lift what you're going to lift. That's the main message I would send to people when it comes to that. But I think certain people think that like, oh, well, if we did it by hand sizes, well, then I would be stronger. I'd play. It's like, you're not going to be stronger. You might place better, but it's not going to change. You know, it's just placing. And then the last part to that is, ah, like I said, it, I, I could go on a tangent with it, but like I said, it's. I find it interesting. So well, let's just say, for example, we go by hand size and there's that person at 160 pounds who's skinnier that has eight inch hands. And now they have to pull axle against a person that's 260 pounds and they have eight inch hands. They're going to wish that they were lifting against 160 pound lifters. They're going to be like, damn, why do I got to lift against all these heavyweights? Like I want somebody my size, you know? So it's like, it depends on the event lineup and how you do it because we could do it by hand size, but like, you're still going to run, like you could run into stronger lifters if we do it by hand size. Yeah. Like, um, are you familiar with, are you familiar with Joe Hobson? Yeah. Okay. And are you familiar with Luke Reynolds? Um, Yeah. uh, Luke Blue Mountain Reynolds, right? Big, like former strongman guy, whatever. Right. So they're much different weight classes, but their hands are very similar. So right. like in that case, if Joe was to compete by hand size, well, now he'd have Luke in his, in his category. And this is a guy that like almost double, double, like not quite double his body weight, but you get what I mean. It's like, yeah. there, there's going to be some lifts. Like if we're pulling a bunch of big two-handed lifts, is that hand size class even going to benefit him or is it going to hurt him? Because there's monsters that are going to come down at heavier weights, you know? So it's like, there's always going to be some kind of disadvantage. And I don't think there's necessarily a perfect system. You know, because right. like I said, the skinny person that has giant hands on the full body lifts or the heavier taxing lifts, like an axle deadlift, Saxon bar, even you're going to get people that are way heavier than you with the same size hand and they're going to smash you. And then you're going to be like, well, man, I would have placed better in my weight class. And then you're going to be in your weight class and you're going to have some freak that's really strong, like Eve Gravel. And you're going to be like, oh, well, I, if we did it by hand size, I could get away from him or do something else. I, I don't know. I'm just saying it's like, yeah. I see your point. Th- there's, there's a lot of ways someone could break yeah. that down, but it's, I find uh, it kind of yeah, it's like it, what the sports that I come from, I, mm-hmm. we don't deal with weight classes, you know, like track and field, like, yep. um, yeah. there's no, I remember, you know, in college I did pretty well up until this girl, um, I think she was from Croatia. No, no, no. She was, uh, she was Greek, Greek. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Anyways, her legs, her legs were up to like my neck. <laughs> yeah and oh man she just dominated she just killed everybody but like that would be interesting you know like leg size or height or foot size or you know with jumping right like yeah she just basically like lift up her legs for a few seconds and then <laughs> she's like 50 feet you know um oh yeah and, and that's like, yeah that's like any sport i just think there's certain people that are gonna have like i'll say this with grip being like so diverse in the implement choices Mm -hmm. it's like at at some point in time everybody's going to have a little bit of an advantage at one width or one thing than the other so it'll kind of work itself out depending on the events and and here's something else i would like to bring up um now this uh like i said i i don't want to go like speaking for too many people but like if you if you're promoting a contest like you can promote your contest and like for, I'll just use GSI. For example, like if you were going to run a competition through GSI, 
let's say I just wanted to host one right now for GSI. I could sanction the event and I, as the promoter, could run my competition strictly by hand size if I wanted. I could do that as the promoter, run it by hand size. Now, when the numbers get submitted and you know sent in, it's going to go by weight class because that's how it's tracked. But if someone right. really wanted to, as a promoter, you have that freedom to make whatever criteria you want. It's just that if you're going to do like a standardized lift, it's like, well, when it goes into the leaderboards, it's going to be going in by weight class or, you know, whatever. But that doesn't mean because it goes in the leaderboards by weight class that you can't do your kind of do your own thing or kind of create your own yeah. uh, kind of format. You know, the, yeah, there's the a little bit of freedom in the climbing world, like some of the competitions lately, like the World Cups, a lot of times they'll have uh, profiles on the as they're climbing, right? Like their ape mm-hmm. index, or yep. yeah, that'd be really cool if some of the um, the grip comps had like even just the information about each competitor, like what is their yeah. hand size, so you can see, oh, maybe like the bigger hands did not do so well on you know the two inch, yeah, Saxon, <laughs> or or yeah, like I don't know if ape index has to has an effect on like how long your arm span is. Um, it, it, it could shorten the range of motion on a deadlift. Yeah. The longer, the longer your arms are, you'd have a shorter range of motion. I mean, some, some people have longer torsos. I mean that different leverages for deadlifts. So absolutely the length of the length of your arms could be a factor as well. I mean, outside of just the hands. So yeah, that's, I mean, that, that could totally be a thing um, as Maybe well. Maybe in the future for King Kong, you know, I, hey, yeah, hey there, I mean, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> something more for him to analyze. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think he already has enough on his hands. I, yeah. I, I, I feel bad every time I bug Eric with something, but yeah, he's, he's awesome at what he does. And uh, yeah, he probably has enough on his plate. I don't want to, I don't want to throw anything else at him. Um, so just for like future goals, um, we talked about some competitions coming up, got on a little side note about hand size and weight classes um, yeah. for uh, future goals. You have that uh, you'd like to set the world record in, uh, rolling thunder pull-ups and that would be for total weight so i'm guessing that total weight would be like a one rep max uh so um one right? rep max but also reps number of reps okay yeah so you have two but i'm saying like for the total weight that is just like weight added to you for a single yeah and then the reps would be completely separate and that's just you doing as many reps at your own body weight right. okay yeah. so you would yeah. like you would like to set both of those records so, yeah. um, is, is that something you're kind of like actively training or do you just kind of, uh, kind of residually get training from that through all the climbing and everything else you're doing with your current programming uh, no, training? Yeah. Okay. Specifically okay. training for that. In fact, do you... I don't know if you can okay. kind of see. Whoop, whoop, I see some handle. I see a handle on the ceiling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's really hard to do. <laughs> yeah. No, you're good. I see it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I have, you know, Amy Waddles, Amy, mm-hmm. she's a grip queen from, 2018 I think I mean she she was really active in grip sport um and I think she's thinking about doing it again maybe hosting a grip comp in December here in uh, Mm -hmm. Boise yeah she she let me borrow one of her uh rolling thunders and then there's another one at one of the climbing gyms so somehow if they maybe let me like rent it out (laughs) yeah I don't want to buy another rolling handle but I have like three so yeah, no, I, it, it can stack up pretty quick. And then you end up like having something sit for three or four months and you don't use it sometimes, you know, I don't know. It's like it, a lot of people collect a lot of tools and sometimes it's like, okay, it's overkill. You really only need a couple things, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. So with that being kind of a, a future goal of yours, do you have a timeline 
kind of mapped out or is it just kind of when it happens it happens uh yeah i was thinking maybe at amy's maybe at her comp in december okay uh, but it's still tentative just i'm trying to kind of get through this you know the king kong and the florida yeah. so like there's a lot on the plate right now and then but i'm still just kind of i don't want to just like kind of beat the record i want to like beat it you know <laughs> yeah we're gonna really make a statement yeah i was uh inspired by eves you know he did, got the one arm rolling thunder yeah uh, I, I forget how many uh reps he did um three, three reps like three okay i was gonna say like three to five but i yeah i wasn't sure yeah. i i did i did see it but yeah I, three three stuck in my head but i didn't want to like undershoot it if i was wrong um yeah. but uh but no yeah that I, well i wish you the best of luck at um accomplishing that as well um and, and i think with your my, my opinion is like i don't think it's a huge deal right to get the i mean i don't think okay. there's a lot of people going after it out there but okay i think the process of putting that you know as a goal yeah um will get me really strong so pull-up wise yeah <laughs> which translates i think to arm lifting and climbing so yeah so i mean More, like it's a it's it's yeah. going to make you better and then it's also going to improve other things you're doing so it's yeah. uh it has like multiple purposes, I guess. Um, and then the other goal you have is to lift body weight on rolling handles. So did you just pick like body weight on rolling handles just because it's like, Hey, if you can pick up anything that's like thick bar with a single hand, that's close to your body weight, that's kind of a general strength that you're pretty strong or is it a general statement that you're pretty strong. Is that, is that kind of like where the body weight factor comes in for you on that? Yeah, I think it's you a know? number that's attainable, but it's yeah. still, you know, it's going to take some work. Um, so it's just an easy number that I can set like another roughly 10 pounds, you know? <laughs> yeah, I got you. Okay. So real yeah. quick, like I said, I'm, I'm just kind of going through the notes um, as, as we kind of just, you know, like I said, just dive through different topics. Um, so uh, one of the topics you wanted to discuss was like lifestyle and habits. Is there anything in particular that you wanted to kind of touch on? on with that oh um oh i don't know and is Let's that see. like <laughs> yeah no it's, it's anything it's like i said it's, it's anything you want I, I just like if it's if it's written down i just want to kind of like you know at least touch on it or um yeah whatever so i'd say one thing that i was in the past year that i've kind of changed a little bit about what we do like so we we eat dinner with kids we eat pretty early mm -hmm. i used to eat dinner like at nine o'clock but now with kids it's like like 5.30-ish, 6. <laughs> it, was, mm -hmm. it seems so early, right? But, um, and then, so that gives us, you know, time. Like, I can't just, like, chill and drink wine, you know, all evening or else I'll be toast. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and so, yeah, just making it a habit to, like, come out in the garage and, like, do something, whether it's maybe just walking on the treadmill even, you know, or just getting a grip session or climbing on the, the home wall or, you know, just doing something, right? Just anything. So, so, yeah, so basically you're pretty much saying that like, that's just a part of your lifestyle, the training and stuff. I mean, aside from like competitions, it's like, okay, even if I'm not competing, like you would still have, you're kind of creating good habits to where like, okay, you're, you're progressing at something, you're active, you're, you know, you're accomplishing something. You're, yeah. you're not just like sitting around doing nothing. Or, find ways you know. to become less sedentary, you know, like um, yeah. to keep active. Um, well, I think especially now with, uh, the way today is, I mean, it's like, I mean, there's 
8 million movies, shows, different apps, people's phones are in their hands. They don't, they don't want to walk outside the house, you know, for five minutes or something. It's like, I don't think that, I don't think that like any, I don't think we've ever been in a time where people are probably, you know, more stationary and just content with doing nothing. So even if it is something as simple as like, yeah, just get up and walk around. Uh, I I think that's like, like, like you said, just kind of forming good lifestyle (laughs) habits in general is a, it's probably something everybody could benefit from, but yeah, yeah that, 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 no, that's a good point. Um, because like I said, I, nowadays, I'm most people proponent of you know, eating healthy, right? Like, yeah. Cause you do like a lot of garden gardening type stuff as well too. Yeah. Right. So yeah, you're, you're like involved in like, how like, you know, not only the training, the lifestyle stuff, but you're like, your, your nutrition is kind of on point. You're not like eating pizza every try, day or yeah. something. Yeah. I try to cook a lot, you know, especially with kids, like we don't go out to dinner hardly so just making um easy basic meals like nothing too fancy or that mm-hmm. takes a long time but like healthy just like i grow a lot of kale like i love kale okay. <laughs> yeah um i don't know just just growing like we have apple trees and yeah if, if you are able to and interested at all just you know plant a little garden and that's like one step into eating healthier i think when you realize how much tastier it is when you grow it um yeah yeah and i think it's kind of cool when you have like a hand in what you're doing it's very similar to like i'll reference like going back to like me hunting it's like Mm -hmm. nice to know that like i guess where your food's coming from or having a hand in that as opposed to like oh i'm gonna go eat mcdonald's today or whatever you know i like it it, there's a little bit of you know uh just the time and the work invested in it and the process of all of it that uh just makes it a little more rewarding so Mm -hmm. i appreciate it more yeah, I, I definitely get what you're saying with that. Um, so and then also recovery, like um, we have yeah. a sauna. We built okay. a yeah. back here sauna. Um, this is right before the pandemic, um, like 2019. Mm-hmm. So it came in like super handy, you know. And I use oh, it yeah. three times a day. Okay, um, I think it helps if you're an athlete with recovery. Uh, you you sleep like a baby. Like if you have any sleep issues out there, man, like sauna just does something to you <laughs> I, I don't know all the geeky details of you know it, it, it it's like a workout basically um mm-hmm. they say your risk of cardiovascular health goes down by like 55 percent if you sauna for yeah. 15 minutes 170 degrees you know all these all these facts out there that yeah so you see like that, the, you have like the full setup though because you got like the climbing wall you have i'm sure like the grip implements and stuff like that you say you got a sauna but then, like, you also do, like, the cold plunge stuff, too, right? Yeah. We so have you're a like... ghetto stuff, but we finally, we got, we upgraded to a chest freezer. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. A, like a kind of a do-it-yourself type thing that you converted yeah. or something? Okay. We're yeah. still alive. Not gotten electrocuted yet, so that's good, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's cool. cool that you have, uh, that you have that stuff at your disposal or that you've made it a priority to, uh, to have that stuff accessible at the house and stuff you know just for being healthy or increasing recovery you just yeah the chest freezer was like 160 bucks like it wasn't that bad it was used you know and then install like a little temperature thermometer that keeps it at a certain level yeah um keep it at like 40 degrees and then boom like today i was like having had kind of a headache not feeling great the kids were kind of cranky and i just plunged for like it was only like one minute seriously it was Mm -hmm. i didn't stay in very long but it just you get out and you're like oh i feel 
awesome. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how, uh, how cold is it normally? Or what, like what kind of temperature do you try to keep it at? Yeah. Uh, we have it at 40. So it's anywhere okay. from it's pretty cool. yeah. to 42. Yeah. Okay. Just, I was just curious. Like I said, I've seen some other people do it and I just wonder sometimes like what they're, uh, like what, what, what temperature they're trying to like get down yeah. to or what they're willing to do or whatever. Um, so, uh, with that, I know that you said you had some questions for me. Um, at yeah. any time, if you just want to like throw one at me or something, um, that's fine. Like I said, um, I, I just want to kind of cover like a little bit of your background. I'm trying, it's hard to like, it's hard to sum someone's life up right, right, and, right. <laughs> in like an hour, an hour and a half, you know, I, yeah. it's it, like, it's very hard. And that's why like some of these things get a little long winded or they get drawn out. It's because it's like, I, you know, how am I supposed to like sum up a person's, uh, intro into weightlifting their childhood yeah. how they were influenced by this then the, there's a, <laughs> like so we try to kind of like skim over question. most of what yeah yeah what's up yeah so you know because i'm kind of i'm a noob to grip and like all the all these the thomas inch dumbbell and the red pill and all those mm -hmm. why are they so sought after and like um why can't they be like replicated and why are they so hard to find like aren't mm -hmm. there any companies out there making more Thomas inch dumbbells that what's so special um, about the one style or yeah. Tell um, me more, please. <laughs> no. Okay. So yeah. um, it, one of the reasons they're sought after is obviously because kind of like the historical context of it, it's, it's kind of like a, a big grip item, but they're so rare to get because really there's not any foundries that are producing them. So like currently right now, I think in the U S you can really only get, uh, you can really only get the inch dumbbell replica from, uh, like Steve Slater or inchbell uh, inchbell.com, I think is what it is. So, but that's only the 172 or roughly 172 pound like replica. So like, that's the only one you can really order in the States or else you have to go like overseas and then you run into crazy shipping and it becomes a whole different thing. So, um, the hardest part, and now this is funny because like I went and tried to like get my own made because I'm like, man, like I have some people I lift with and stuff. And I'm like, you know, they maybe can't lift the Thomas inch dumbbell, but they want something underneath that. And before I had got a bigger bell collection a while back, I was like, like I had a 143 pounder. That's a little bit smaller. And I was like, I wonder if I could just get like a clone made of this. And then like, you know, so I checked in with a local foundry that's about 30 minutes North of me. And they wanted like $5,000 for the pattern. Um, so just to make a, just to make like the mold or the pattern for it, they were talking like five or $6,000 up front. Wow. And then like, now if you were like a business that maybe was going to sell them and you're selling them for like, you know, 500 a bell and you had, a, you know, you could possibly make your money back. But I think even though it's such a simple design, it's, you know, I mean, it's just two globes and a handle. Like you can kind of make it, but if you want to like, get it like actually like poured in a foundry and they have to make castings and molds for it, um, it's usually very expensive. So like if you're making them, you're probably not going to be profiting off of them unless maybe you kind of have that kind of cash or you can just, you know, you know, somebody maybe then maybe you could do it. But for someone like me who just drives down the street to a random foundry, hey, they, they at least entertained me and shot me some quotes, but it was like it'll cost 5,000 or 6,000 for the pattern. And then it's going to cost this much for each time we pour and this many wow. cents per pound. And I was just like, yeah, I'll, 
I'll just like weld some kettlebells together with a pipe in between and do homemade stuff until, you know, it's the same, yeah. same training. So, um, I, I think it's just very expensive. It's hard for foundries to do it and, uh, or, or foundries but, don't want to waste their time doing it. What about or, like rogue, you know, or like, is there just not enough interest in that shape I, or I, I just, like I said, I, I just don't know if they would have that many people buy it versus some of the other things. I don't know how profitable it would be to like get into like making inch dumbbells, like in our smaller grip circle, it's like a a hot item, but for the like entire U S or something, it's like, I don't know how many Thomas inch dumbbells they would sell. It may be a little more as it rises in popularity, but uh, to kind of go the other direction, like that's just talking about like the process to make a bell. It would probably be fairly expensive. And I think that's what, puts most people off of trying to do it. I mean, they're expensive to buy. They're worse to try to make on your own. Um, Now for the blobs, the original York blob, which uh, Richard Soren, who is like the founder owner of Soren X. So they make exercise equipment. So if anybody's familiar with Soren X exercise equipment, Richard Soren is like one of the first real light grip legends. He's like one, you know, one of the the old school guys. And uh, he's the guy that named the blob. So it was a half 100 pound first generation York dumbbell that the handle had broken on. So it was just a broken dumbbell. And from what I understand in the story is, you know, Richard's a strong guy. He's, you know, plate pinched 45s. He's closed the number three gripper. He's done all these things and he's moving weights one day and he goes down to lift this broken dumbbell up, just pick it up. And he realizes that he can't. And he's like, whoa, wait a minute. And then he like light bulb goes off and like starts making that a goal of his to like train that thing. And then he named it the blob. So he named that broken dumbbell head, the blob. And that's the original blob. So that's one blob. That's like the original. And that's why all the other ones now get called blobs, but that was the first one. And that's because Richard Soren. So why that is why those are hard to get and people, people overprice them and it's outrageous online and, I don't understand that at all. Like that's ridiculous the way people price them, but why they're rare is because York doesn't produce those dumbbells anymore. So some of those first generation dumbbells maybe were like, if I'm wrong on this, I'm not like the best historian with vintage weights, but you know, they might've stopped producing them in like the seventies or eighties. So like whatever was made is made and there's not any more being made. So the more dumbbells, okay. you know, there's limited supply. So once they start getting cut up and the dumbbell, you know, it's like, there's only so yeah. many of them, so they can be hard to get to. And people know that. So they kind of manipulate it and oversell them. So if they were in production, it might be easier. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of why they're sought after. It's because they don't make them anymore and they haven't really made them in decades. And it's like, whatever's out there floating around somewhere, that's all there is. So get your hands on them while you can. Um, right. So does that kind of make sense for that? Have you heard of Nick, Nick Kalias? No, I think you, I think you mentioned that you were borrowing like a, you had like a half 80 or something He's got that you had borrowed and you were training with, I saw you do like a blob clean. Yeah. He, he um, got me sucked into the grip sport too. He was so nice letting me borrow a lot of his stuff. And yeah, he has a half 80 um, and a half 100. So yeah, the 100, it's just so, I just, I can't get my fingers around it really. Yeah. Like like out of range. But like I saw you doing cleans with the 80. So like, there's a lot of things you could do with that 80, like transfers, tossing it hand to hand, cleaning it, all that kind of stuff. Like it's good training. So it was cool to see, because like I said, I, 
there's not quite as many uh, women grip athletes and there's certainly not a ton of, I can't think of like, if, if I go off the top of my head of like following people or seeing training videos and that doesn't mean it's not happening, but like, you're probably the only women lifter that I've seen that really like was like doing a blob clean or doing something like that. You know what I mean? I, I haven't seen anybody else really do it. So it was cool to see you kind of, you know, get your hands on that and be able to train with it and it's and stuff fun like that. that. We have some, random, uh, you know, climber friends that come over to our garage and climb, mm-hmm. but then they see all these grip implements here. Right. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Yeah. It's fun to see some of them. A couple of them, you know, struggle with the the half 80, but most of them pick it up and yeah, they think it's like super fun. And I think it's fun too. So like, maybe I will get, maybe Nick will let me borrow his half hundred and I'll, I'll just keep, you know, playing with that. <laughs> yeah. No, like I said, I mean, and it's one of those things that you'd be, you'll be amazed at like, I don't know, there's so many times in grip that like I've, I've put my hands on something that I probably thought I'd never lift. And then like, within three or four months, I'm lifting it like every day. And I'm like, man, I oh. can't, believe, you know, it happens all the time. So some of those things can almost like mentally kind of mess with you, but if you kind of just ignore it and keep training, uh, you'll yeah. be surprised what you can kind of pull off, especially with stuff like that. Um, but yeah, that, does that kind of answer, I yeah. guess the inch yeah. dumbbell and the blob thing. It's like the blobs just aren't, you know, they're just made from York dumbbells and York is not making any more dumbbells. And those are like, vintage weights from a certain time period so there's no more uh, you know there's not any more of them being produced so that's that's that the inch dumbbell it's just i think it's just kind of a pain and it's super expensive and people don't don't really see a return if they were to try to put them out it's a lot of work and probably not any profit so uh, maybe a bigger company will come along at some point and make that a thing you would think that by now somebody would but yeah it does seem to be kind of scarce out there so um yeah that's probably Nick's my. Letting borrow... Nick's let, letting me borrow his loadable um, two and three eighths. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and like an inch dumbbell trainer, and that that's a good setup if you know, yeah. as long as you can get the plates tight and screwed down, and it and it and it has the same roll effect. That's that's a yeah. good training method. I mean, you're you're still working the the same stuff, you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, body weight would be cool to do on that, but. Um... Oh yeah. Yeah. Like any kind of like uh, that, especially that handle thickness, lifting body weight would be insane. I mean, that that's very few people do that. I mean, there's, 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 there's a couple, but yeah, not a, not a ton of people are lifting a two and three eighths handle or two and three eighths uh, diameter handle on a dumbbell for their, for their own body weight. That's pretty rare territory. So yeah, that would be another cool body weight feat. You could kind of knock off if, uh, if you know, when that happens. Um, yeah. So is uh for you. no no yeah how's, no keep fire away yeah yeah you can fire how, away okay how's life of a podcast host any surprises doing all this um <laughs> man okay so yeah no there's a one of the things I will say that I've uh, kind of been surprised by is I've kind of been surprised by some of the positive feedback I've gotten from certain people because I'm not like a pod. I'm not a podcaster. I'm just whatever, you know, I'm just me. I'm like a, you know, I'm like a fighter martial artist who has always lifted weights and then got into grip. And it's like, okay, yeah, I have a laptop in front of me and I'm talking to people, but it's like, <laughs> I don't view myself as like a podcaster, you know, so, like a girl, though. but, uh, Oh, thanks for that. But, uh, but yeah, so I, uh, I think the it's one, the, voice. The, the, the one thing that is like really, um, I guess this kind of hit me by surprise is that 
I didn't expect when I was talking to so many different people about grit. And when I was doing the show, I kind of thought, Oh, I'm going to get their background. I'm going to talk to them about some stuff and blah, blah, blah. I didn't expect to kind of, uh, almost get inspired by the guests. If that makes sense. So like I've had several interviews where I interview somebody and after I like step back from it, I'm like, man, like I'm kind of like that, like that. Right. I didn't even, I'm just like trying to interview somebody, but I'm like that, that motivated me or, Oh, I got a different idea for training now. And I'm going to take what that person said. So it's actually been beneficial to me as well, because I just thought, you know, Hey, this is something I'm kind of doing for other people. I'm going to, you know, give all these people that I think deserve a, a good platform in the sport, let them speak, let them give their story and help everybody out. But I myself have been getting the same benefit by hearing everybody else's stories. And uh, I guess just kind of like drawing some inspiration from them. You know, I, you just hear different people's stories, what they're doing. And uh, like I said, it's almost like kind of like, uh, I guess like relit the fire in my training or relit the fire in my my grip stuff because for like the first two years I was on a rampage with things like going after feats, going crazy. And then I kind of hit like a hit like a wall and I was just getting kind of burnt out and bored with stuff. Too many comps, too many travel, you know, I kind of knocked off so many big feats so quick that it was like, I kind of hit a ceiling where like the next jump is like something that's like really going to be hard to get to. And I might have to specialize in it. So I kind of was just getting bored with grip. And when I kind of started the show up, not really knowing what I was getting into. And the more I started having these conversations with people, it kind of like, kind of, I guess it kind of sparked my passion back up for grip because I was, I was getting a little bit, like I said, just kind of burn out. And, uh, this kind of got, (laughs) yeah, yeah, no, it absolutely did. So I, I didn't really see that coming. That's kind of, uh, like I said, something I didn't expect. So yeah. I, said, I, enjoyed, that... I looked at the, your interview with Carl uh, yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, Carl's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was that was great. Makes me want to do more. Uh, what he was saying towards the end about wrist, you know, I I do yep. like the wrist wrench quite a bit, but yeah, 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 yeah. Kind of was saying about all that. Yeah, I need to incorporate that more. I think wise yeah, words and... of a gentleman. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, I think that's one of the cool things about our sport. And I, I mentioned it in an earlier podcast, um, but you can, for the most part, you can pretty much reach up to the, as high as you want to the highest people. And they're very welcoming and they're going to give you advice or there's some, there's some interview, there's some format where you can pretty much hear directly from the best people, how to do it, what to do. And you'll st- get these people that try to like go against it or something and like well you know they just do what they like and it's like okay just do what you like but a lot of times if the best people are kind of speaking like you're getting access to the best people in the sport or the strongest people to do the sport and it's like you don't necessarily get that in a lot of other sports or other life endeavors you don't get that you, you don't have that access to the to the top a lot you have to kind of work a little harder and in grip like i don't know somebody that just found out about it last week could already be like getting advice from Carl, you know, yeah. like they're in it through the interview. It's like right there. So, well, um, for example, like I, my experience, you know, I went to the um, Olympia last year in Vegas yeah. and I was just kind of like following like a little lost puppy, like Jen around mm-hmm. <laughs> and Sarah, you know, like this is all new to me. My first like big competition there. And um, that was a lot of fun. And I met a lot of really nice people. And then I plan on going to the Arnold's and, uh, uh, Sarah was going, but she was going with her husband and Jen wasn't going. And I was like, well, who, 
I was planning on traveling solo because it was kind of a big trip. It's like, who can I maybe room with? Oh, Kathy from Canada. So um, mm-hmm. I, she was just a really nice gal that I met in Vegas and reached out to her. Hey, are you going? Do you want a room together? And she was like, sure. So um, the the Canadians were super nice. Her and uh, Stefano, Dino Stefano. Um, I think, I, I don't know him personally, but I think we lifted together at that competition. They're really, so. really nice and got to go out to dinner with some of the Canadians and Eric was there. And unfortunately, I, I picked a terrible restaurant. It was like the most random. This was the day that I think Eric had lifted. Um, so he was pretty tired and they like shut down the kitchen, like shut it down for like two hours. <laughs> like mm-hmm. they turned off the lights like left so we had like chips and uh i think eric had like some pur- purple drink with no alcohol but it was still like <laughs> like a sugary yeah and across the table from him i could see him just like kind of crashing like he looked like he was about to <laughs> yeah <laughs> so tired and we're just like we're, we're hangry all of us were just hangry and like but we were trying to wait it out because we were like it's gonna open soon right <laughs> yeah. anyways like everybody's just been really really um I'm inspired by some of the masters ladies, the females that mm-hmm. lifted too. Yeah. Vicky. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I was going to say, I think it's, I think it's interesting because um, Ode Haugen always gets mentioned because it's like, Ode's the person that founded arm lifting USA. So it's like, okay, you have Ode Haugen who's like, you know, he's done much more than that. I mean, he had a, a long career of strength history and world's strongest man and other stuff like that. So like Ode is very well respected in the strength world. Um, so you have Ode that's doing it at a high level, but like, that's kind of like the default that everybody uses because like, Oh, yeah. Ode's 73 and he's still lifting. And yeah, he, Ode's awesome. And that's great. But it's like, that's almost like everybody's like one example. And for right, a right. while Ode was kind of like an outlier, like, Oh yeah, you can train grip till you're older. And it's like, well, Ode's the, like the only one. And now like <laughs> you're mentioning, you're starting yeah. to see more masters participation. So like, even when me and Eric did the rundown for the super series, we're like, Hey, we have people that are over 50 and 60 years old and they're lifting. And, you know, so right. it's like, you're starting to see that like, okay, there, maybe there is some legitimacy to this whole, like, Oh, in grip sport, it's not as hard on your body. And, you know, you yeah. and, you know, and have more longevity. It's like, other than Ode being like a, a phenom and kind of an outlier, by himself where everybody else is like 20 to 40 or 20 to, you know, 45. And then Ode's like 72, 73, whatever. It's like, now we're starting to actually see kind of an influx of like, no, there's more masters lifters. Like they're, they're, they're coming around. So now it's like, it's not just that one main person. It's, we have so many examples we can draw from if that makes sense. So I, yeah. Like compared to to climbing, like, you know, I did a climbing comp last year and it was, it's like, all like all kids basically right like a lot of at least in the finals I made it to finals and it was like I think I was twice the age of the youngest you know person there oh yeah yeah Um, with the grip comps though it's really really cool because you have such a diverse group of people I think it it just makes for more um just fun conversations with like everybody's got different life experiences and like I don't know it just compared to like you know hanging out with a few teenagers like all day right climbing <laughs> yeah um yeah like michael uh dalton right like yeah he yeah. He, he competed in a competition uh we just uh hosted in yeah. virginia so yeah he, he was there yeah. yeah yeah he's super fun and um like jay like all the 
everybody's just got their own uh, background, whether it's like the strongman or climbing and, you know, everything just MMA, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So that's um, what so, I, yeah. yeah. Grip, grip is one of those weird things or not weird things, but like it, you get, you get interesting characters. You, yeah. you, you get a mix of everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, I think that's, a, that's a good point. Um, but, uh, for the, as far as training goes with, uh, so I know you said you have, you have your programming, you have some goals that you have your mindset on and stuff like that. I know you mentioned maybe like, okay, taking some advice from Carl's last interview where he's talking about implementing more risk stuff. Um, aside from that, is there any, is there anything that maybe you think some of these people that are training grip or looking to get in the sport or overlooking, is there anything that you've noticed or observed that maybe, um, people should pay more attention to, or you think people should be working on and maybe they're neglecting from your side of things. Oh, is that a tough one? That's a tough <laughs> one because I, I feel like I'm pretty new. Like, uh, Ooh, I don't have like the wise experience. Of, That's all, like, yeah, it's all good. Like, like I said, I, just, I was just curious, like if you saw something that maybe stood out to you or maybe there's an aspect like with, you know, you being a climber, maybe there's something within the fingers that you see that, uh, people from a non-climbing background, maybe they lack and maybe there's something they could do to improve their finger or tendon strength. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm like just anything. It, it could be very broad. It doesn't have to be, you know, like the, yeah, no, that's what I love about climbing. It's like, it's, it's like, it's just fun. Right. So I feel like most people who would walk into a climbing gym and give it a try would have nothing but fun. Cause it's like, I don't know with certain, like I was thinking about powerlifting today and I'm like, Oh, I was thinking about getting into powerlifting, but then I was like, I think I would get bored. I don't know. Cause you're doing like the same three things. Yeah. You can yeah. get really, really like um, detailed with the training for each specific event, but that's what I like yeah. about grip. And that's what I like about mm-hmm. climbing is like the diversity of movement. Um, it's like you're, you're training your fingers without even really like thinking about training your fingers, you know, yeah. you're just, you're holding on and, but with that comes different body movement and moving your legs around and your hips and, you know, grabbing holds different ways and kind of the, it's a lot of mental work, you know, with climbing. It's, it's a lot of problem solving. Problem, I was about to say problem solving. That's what I was going to, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. But. So maybe, you know, maybe go give climbing a try if you have any, any inkling. Um, there's climbing gyms almost everywhere now. It seems like whether it's like the YMCA or, um, but also I, I kind of, I'm the type that like, look at just what's around you. Like, what can you do with what you got? You know, like with the kids, I go to the playground quite a bit. Um, and so like, I'm, I'm doing pull-ups. I'm like monkey barring, you know, yeah. doing weird things on the, I'm that weird mom at the playground. <laughs> yeah. But, Climbing up on stuff. I, yeah. I want my kids to like, understand that like no just because i'm older doesn't mean i have to stop playing like i get to play too like yeah this is my playground (laughs) Um, (laughs) that's pretty funny um yeah but uh yeah like i said i just just was kind of asking you know like if if you just had anything like i said that maybe you saw that 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 people are overlooking or something that maybe stood out to you but like i said it's it's not like some super strict answer or there's no like right or wrong answer one thing i did notice Okay. When I went to Vegas last year, I was the only one I think that had a brush, like a to brush off the Saxon bar. Um, that might be one thing from a climber's perspective is like on the metal implements, just brush more. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I think your numbers will go up big time if you 
just give it a little brush and every time you after you grip and is, and is that because you're saying that maybe like perhaps someone has over chalked it and it's become too slippery so you're trying to uh, knock you're slippery. trying to you're trying to knock some of that residue off where it's oh yeah yeah too too caked up because there's a yeah. point where like if you like really work in the chalk it'll almost get like sandpapery and it really sticks good and then there's a point where like if you add too much chalk it like fills in all the texture and then it becomes like slick you know what i mean there's like a happy medium there um, yeah i can see that yeah does, does, does that kind of make sense a little bit so th there's like a there's like a middle ground there yeah so, you don't want it like thinking new or shiny or you know yeah like, it's going to be slick if there's like zero chalk on it but if you just like start scraping a block on it or uh you know caking too much on it then it's like you're not even actually touching the bar you're just touching like the caked up chalk around it and it's just going to slide right away yeah. so over chalking can be a thing too so yeah if uh I guess if you see somebody over chalking it or not even over chalking if if you see the implement set up in a way that you don't like it and you're feeling it in the moment, probably customize it to what feels best to you. Right. Exactly. You know, that, yeah. I think that would be the takeaway probably because everybody's yeah. going to be a little different, but no, that's, yeah, that's, that's solid advice. Um, One thing I'm a big proponent of is like taking care of like um, your body, you know, like I, so I scrape, I have a scraping tool. Yeah. And like I, I scrape almost till I bruise, like I go pretty hard, um, the forearms, but then also I get in there like in my hand and like really dig, mm -hmm. try to get like scrape the fingers and yeah, I have a lot of built up like, um, uh, uh, what am I thinking of? You know, like if you feel around in your fingers, it's like, Ooh, lots of calcified, um, yeah. Deposits. Yeah. <laughs> I get, I, yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah. Um, yeah. Trying to break now, that down a bit. Yeah. You feel like that helps you with recovery to some extent? Scraping? Yeah. Like, yeah, does it help you with yeah. recovery, kind of just breaking stuff up or whatever? Oh, especially with grip. Cause I mean, like, we're just using our wrists and our forearms and our hands. So, like, yeah, target the yeah. forearms and like the top of your forearms, get in there and just, yeah, just, just scrape yeah. hard. <laughs> I got yeah. you. Um, now, I, I've asked this few, to a few guests. Um, I, I know you, say you're kind of a newcomer and you're not, you know, have like all this wise wisdom and whatever. Um, but you've performed very well at every competition you've done. And like I said, you've kind of set the bar very high for your weight classes, especially and just lifting in general. Um, what lift that you've pulled off so far in competition has meant the most to you? Do you have one lift that stands out where you were like, maybe not expecting to get it and you got it, or you hit a big PR. Is there any moment to you that, um, is I guess more significant than the others? Uh, I think my first competition in like the like first big non at home type of, you know, or at someone's garage, mm -hmm. yeah. um, Vegas, the axle was super. Yeah, that was awesome. I think I hit 264. So, okay. Yeah, that's a good number. That felt yeah. good. You know, it's kind of close to my regular um, deadlift max. I've, mm -hmm. my regular deadlift max is like 300 um mm -hmm. so it's i don't know getting kind of close but yeah uh, that yeah that was really exciting it, it felt hard um <laughs> yeah oh Woo. yeah absolutely yeah. um like i said i'm just kind of digging through some uh i don't say like general questions but yeah i, I kind of like to know like you know kind of like the advice side of things or like if you have like a competition memory or anything that like stands out, um, you know, so I, I'm, I'm kind of just going down that yeah. 
that path if there's anything um to kind of hit on um do you have any other you you had some other questions for me i know too other than yeah. the thomas inch and the bells yeah you 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 could you like i said you can bounce questions back to me as well um i'm, I'm fine with that if you were to i know you helped host heavy hands but if you had an unlimited budget right oh, <laughs> yeah okay just your competition what kind of competition would you host like where would you host it what grip implements what prizes um would you what would your Man, competition if, be <laughs> if i uh if i had an unlimited budget i would uh Man, I would probably do something obviously like, I don't know. I mean, you would, it, it's, it's tough to really say, like, that's a lot, but yeah. let's just say, <laughs> let's just say that like, I had an unlimited budget and I'm running a grip competition. Um, I would try to select lifts that I think are, are not only the most beneficial or appealing to the lifters, but also to the crowd. You know, if 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 it's if it's gonna be something that's bigger to display the sport on a bigger audience, um, you don't want to necessarily have like three key pinch lifts. Okay. You know what I mean? So I would be a little bit more selective in the events I chose. Um, unlimited budget. I would probably try to uh I, you don't want to say like, oh, I just ran out a stadium and just try to pack a stadium full of this. I don't know. Maybe no one would show up and you just wasted all your money on that. But like I said, it's <laughs> unlimited. Who cares? So, you know, you don't want to like yeah. go to like a 90,000 seated stadium and then have like, oh, that person's there with three of their family members and like no one cares about the sport still. <laughs> so it's like, you know, there, you'd have to probably pour a lot of money into promoting and building it up and, you know, maybe even getting the right people involved or whatever the case may be. But, but I, I would try to host something that was a somewhat of a neutral location to where it wasn't one coast or the other. It was kind of in the middle Um, where that would be. I don't know. I would try to host, like I said, good events. That's up for debate, but good events, in my opinion, Um, events that actually displayed like who had the strongest grip. Like once the competition's over, we would be able to kind of clearly know like, okay, this person's grip is stronger than that person's at least across maybe four or five events. Um, but yeah, I, like I said, I, I'm not doing a great job of answering the question, but I would try to make it, I would try to make it as, I would try to make it as like big stage as possible. But like I said, you don't want to have all these like theatrics and big stage type stuff. And then literally no crowd. Like, so it starts like ground level with like probably promoting and building the audience and like getting the sport kind of built up leading into something. You're going to have to promote leading up to it to make sure that there's even a crowd, but um, and, and sometimes money can't buy that. It has to kind of grow well, organically. So yeah. Ninja Ninja Warrior actually. So they film at night, right? Like mm-hmm. they were actually, I think because it was like getting really late in the night and people were leaving. So like 4 a.m. They were paying people off the street to go in and cheer. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. See, like, but if I have an unlimited budget, I guess I could do that. Like, hey, here's a hundred, here's a hundred bucks. Go in there and like yell at those people or something. Um, but uh but yeah, I like I said, I would I would probably just try to uh recruit the the biggest and the best lifters. I would probably try to do it at a venue that would most likely would work out for most people or the best it could. Try to, you know, events that are good for the lifters, events that are the coolest to watch 
you know, or, or, or from a crowd perspective, they can kind of grasp what they're seeing. Um, and, and yeah, like, like I said, I, I'd probably just try to basically do what all of us do with our normal locations, just a little bit bigger in every direction. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like, like keep, keep it, yeah. keep, keep, keep it kind of simple where keep like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that, that would be the best way because if you start trying to, uh, do too much or, or, you know, you start trying to do too much or like overcompensate, you throw so much money into this or that. And it's like, you're not, is that really going to yeah. be the answer? You know, is that going to really make grip better just because you have more money? Are you really going to have more fans because you got money? I, you know, so yeah. you probably just stick to the basics, but things would just have, you know, you probably just have more access to the things you want. Like, Oh, it'd be cool if we could do this. Oh, well now we can, we have the budget, you know? So yeah, it, it would just kind of make a regular comp, just have that extra little edge to it. So uh, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, maybe not the best answer on that one. So sorry if I'm, if I'm disappointing you <laughs> on that one. Um, That's okay. Don't but, uh, here. but uh, yeah, any, uh, yeah, no, like I said, fire away. Um, Well, two more, any uh, embarrassing grip moments that you've had? Have you split yeah. any pants or anything? <laughs> no, I haven't. I haven't done anything like that. Um, embarrassing grip moments. Um, for worldwide grip battle, which was a GSI competition. I don't know, probably over a year ago. I forget now, but uh, maybe the beginning of 22. Um, I, I zeroed my, I zeroed the first event of the competition and it was after I drove like six hours to get there. So um embarrassing in the sense that like i just over you know maybe being a little bit of a rookie myself at the time like i kind of overshot what my opener was and it was like in warm-ups i was pulling it was it was a two-handed flask lift oh, and man. uh and i was pulling like easy and i like launched up like 180 and i'm like okay like i lifted 180 and it didn't even feel like there was weight on the pin i'm like throw 200 on like we're good <laughs> and then I, I then I proceeded to open at 200. Like I said, this is the first time I contested it. I, I proceed to open at 200 and I fail my first, second, third and fourth attempt. And that was the first <laughs> event of the day. So like I said, I drove down to Atlanta to do this competition. I cut weight. I drove to Atlanta to do this competition. And now within, you know, the first 30 minutes of it, I already I realized that I... <laughs> I've I've zeroed one out of four events, so like I'm not the probably the the happiest person to be around at that point. <laughs> so yeah. that, that was yeah. kind of embarrassing because of, at the venue I was at, lesson. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. and but yeah, so that that kind of annoyed me. But I was at a venue where I was pretty much like the strongest lifter there, so like bombing an event like that it just i don't know it ruined my score for it was a multi-venue thing it ruined my score for everything else so i ended up placing like something super low when i probably would have been like third place overall when they did it and it but yeah, yeah. Th I, that's embarrassing is just kind of missing your attempts if i could think of anything like that's not really a funny one that's just kind of embarrassing i'm trying to think of something that would maybe be a little bit funnier um but uh yeah i, I don't know like i'm kind of drawing a blank on it um do you, do you have anything that's like a funny contest moment that maybe would go along those lines no, I, well, I feel you on that because King Kong last year was my first time doing something like that where you have to go in and like a few of the, uh, like the grab ball I never touched before. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, embarrassing. Uh, like the last week at the, uh oh, are you there? There you go. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, it's all good. The, yeah. the strongman comp, I, um, 
the atlas ball you know mm -hmm. or the atlas stones <laughs> i yeah. hadn't really ever trained those I, I tried them out just to test them out like a little bit of the technique a week before but um i think i think i peed myself a little bit on the <laughs> it was the two <laughs> 215 yeah 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 so jesse and i i think we admitted that we both peed ourselves a little bit um because yeah it was felt yeah. heavy <laughs> no that it and like I said, that that might be an embarrassing moment, but it's like if uh, if anybody watches powerlifting enough, like you see that all the time, like it's normal. Well, like yes. it is, and it seems to be more with the women lifters. But like when like deadlifting or something, it's like a max deadlift pull. It's not. It's not yeah. uncommon to like to see that happen. So like you could go and like not that anybody would necessarily want to, but yeah, you could go to YouTube and find plenty of videos of. Yeah. Of people deadlifting or doing something <laughs> right. like that. And yeah, you know, whatever. Um, my credit, I've had um, two kids, you know, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but uh, uh, yeah, like I said, I mean, that mostly, like, I don't, I don't want to drag it out too long on you. Um, that mostly yeah. kind of like wraps up most of the stuff. Like I said, I, I really wanted to touch on the fact that like, you know, you're, you're handling a business. You basically have a home gym. You're, you're dabbling in all different kinds of strength sports. You're balancing family life, uh, uh, you know, kids training, just kind of prioritizing health, just all of that kind of stuff is what I, what I kind of wanted people to kind of gather from you or maybe take from your background or just for the sake of, like you said, like getting uh, more people involved in the sport. And now, like I said, this is not a knock on Carl, but Carl's like six ten, and like when Carl's in a room, you know Carl's in the room. Carl's like just a big giant, so it's like someone could watch Carl's interview and think like, "I don't know if that sports for me," you know, if they just saw him. Like, I don't know, is that like only for like super strong giant guys or whatever? You know, when you have somebody that's like, you know, like, I mean, you're not like some like three hundred pound like juggernaut or something. You know what I mean? Like. You're extremely yeah. strong, but it's like you're doing like regular business. You know, you're a mom, you're, you're doing like, you know, you're like you're kind of like the, like the everyday person could kind of relate to, but then you have this extraordinary strength that you're displaying. So I think it kind of appeals to more of a, more of the regular person, just like, it's hard to look at like a lot of world's strongest man people. And it's like, okay, like everybody's six, 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 eight, 400 pounds. It's like probably not the sport for, for you or for me or whoever. So it's like, and not that that's every, every case, but Thanks, I think your, yeah. your story and um, all the stuff that you do is relatable. I think people can gain something from that or, Hey, you know, I had a track background or, Hey, I climb, I could, I could jump into, you know, what this lady's yeah. talking about. You know, I, I just think that that would be beneficial. Whereas, like I said, certain, each guest that I've done, you know, that I've talked to so far has a little yeah. different personality, a different take, a different background. And I think the more that we show that side of grip, that there's different expertise, there's different people, there's different backgrounds. And, you know, like it might be an Olympic athlete. It might be a mom that climbs like, you know, whatever. And I'm, I'm that's not yeah. just to limit you like to that, like, or, or brand that, but, that. <laughs> but but you know what I mean? But it's like, there's yeah. people that climb. There's people that just like focus more on steel bending or something. You know, it's just yeah, attracting more groups. And I think that was one of the things that you had mentioned as well was kind of like, 
in the notes at least was, you know, if we just kind of stay in our own like echo chamber and, Oh, we only talk to the same people and we only interview the same people. And it's all about grip. And it's like, we all kind of already know each other. It's like, how do we make that next step to like bridge out and attract new, like crossover competitors and stuff like that? How do we get more like strong men involved or how do we get more rock climbers involved? You know? And I think it just starts with like, like you're doing, you know, having implements available, talking to the people, you know, on, on, on like kind of like the ground level doing it in real life in 3d not you know not not i mean not that not that technology and the phone isn't useful but i think a lot more can be accomplished kind of old school by just getting things done in person as opposed to just like hey i posted something and i expect people to show up it's like get out and actually talk to people and actually kind of you know create stuff yeah. so i think i think that what you're doing um is definitely accomplishing that and uh but yeah, I mean, does that kind of make sense with that? Because yeah. I know what, you know, kind of building building the sport up or bringing new people to the sport was one of the things that you kind of wanted to discuss or you had talked about, and uh, that's right. my best that's my best answer to it would be like the the stuff that you're doing, the stuff that I'm doing, the stuff that all these other people are doing when we're hosting, when we're inviting new lifters, when we're trying to get people interested. Um, and uh, but yeah, like I said, I. Like I said, I don't, I don't want to ramble on too much. Like I said, if I run out of stuff to ask or you don't have any more questions, then I'm not going to like just make up stuff or hold you too long. Um, but at the same time, right. if you have things you're wondering or you have questions or topics to hit on. Um, yeah. yeah, I have to say free. the first time um, I met Carl was at the Olympia and mm-hmm. uh, we were competing the females and Jen and I were sitting there in the chairs that they provide, you know, and Jen's pretty tall, but so she's... <laughs> And then Carl walks up in front of us and he says, hello. And we were both just like, oh. <laughs> our heads. <laughs> so then we both kind of immediately like stood up, you know, and still, even when we stood up where it's our necks, were still like craned. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That caught me off guard. How, um, how just like, so gentlemanly and friendly he was. And, um, everybody's been just really nice. I remember when I was first starting out, like I reached out to just random people I was, yeah. I don't know why I was so concerned about my axle max and my uh, normal deadlift bar max being like, so tight, like kind of close to each other. Yeah. I don't know why I was obsessed with that, but I was like wanting to seek out, you know, wise words of people who've been doing it. So I reached out to, I don't know. I think I like messaged like Adam glass. I don't think I heard mm-hmm. back. He probably doesn't check. You know, <laughs> did you, do you know what time frame that was around? It was probably like, is it, is, is it within? Okay, I didn't know if it was like within the last year, I because like he he hasn't been on any social media. Um, yeah, like in in very talkative. Um, but okay, but so I, yeah, Tanner, I bugged Tanner Merkel and he he was so friendly and like yeah. got back to me with all sorts of good advice and that's yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. And that, that's another point. Like I said, you can always reach out to some of the sports best yeah. like right out of the gate, and the resources are there for people. So. Um, yeah, like I said, I'm it's, thankful for Eves. I'm thankful for that he's making this programming for me. And yeah, so. yeah. Now, I know you said rolling thunder pull ups. Obviously, you'd like to win the competitions. Do you have any like? Uh, I, I I don't want to say those are short term goals because I don't know how long it's going to take you to do these. You know these things like uh, you know, like a 200 
200 pound V bar, you know, then you might do that next week. You know, I'm just saying it's like, it could be kind of short term. Um, so like 200 pound V bar, the world record for the rolling thunder pull-ups, like we mentioned, um, lifting body weight on rolling handles. Those might be like, kind of like, okay, their training goals, their future goals. Do you have any, like, almost like a lifetime goal when it comes to grip? Like, like an example, like that's like the one thing I'm going to do. That's like, I know it's going to take me a serious long amount of time and you know, like you're going to really have to kind of like chase or train for not just like, Oh, I'll put in like three months of specialization and I'll do it. Like, is there something that's like long-term like, okay, if like you take my whole grip career, what's like the, do you have like a certain level or a certain like pinnacle that you'd like to reach that, you know, it's going to basically like take Um, a really long time to get to. You know, the Thomasage dumbbell would be super rad. I know it's really heavy. <laughs> and I yeah. I don't even really honestly have like a concept of how heavy it is. Um yeah. feeling wise. What it's one hundred and seventy-three. Like the Yeah, one one seventy-two yeah, it, it's it's in that range. But like some of the replicas will come in a little bit over and you know, the, give or take a couple pounds, but yeah. But yeah. Um it's, it's in like the back of my mind, you know, just kind of hanging out there and I've got this loadable dumbbell right here that Nick is letting me borrow. So, yeah. um, I just need to, you know, find some more weights and find a, a wrench, right. <laughs> Start trying to see yeah. what my max is on that. It, right now it's at, I think 96 pounds and like, yeah. I have to be warm to get it up, but I can, I can lift yeah. it and do reps on it. So we'll see like, Yeah that's going to require a lot of, I think a lot more wrist strength for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I would say probably a lot of wrist and thumb and I say thumb because your hands probably, you know, smaller than mine is. And like, even when I lift the inch dumbbell, I have like that much of a gap in the handle. So I can only imagine that like, you know, it's just, your hand's going to be in a position that really isn't optimal. So it's going to have to be like, that much stronger you know what i mean like you're gonna have to like really uh it's just gonna have to you know what i mean you're just gonna have to really like get really strong and kind of almost a bad position if, right. if that makes sense but no I, I think it would be awesome um because we, we we talked to a lot of guests and like i said we see a lot of uh a lot of women competing but i don't see as many women knocking off feats that's something i might need to ask you now we see a lot of women competitors doing the competitions, but like, whereas like for the, uh, for the male lifters, I feel like there's a lot more people kind of doing feats. Like they will be plate pinching, you know, chasing those kind of things. Do you, I mean, is, is it just something that maybe I'm missing online or is it like the women's <laughs> lifters are not like as attracted <laughs> to that side of things or is it a girl on Instagram the other day, rip uh, tear a deck of cards. Okay. I don't know how common is is that have you seen very many females tear not 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 too often um no not really made it look easy and i'll i'll be honest i have a pair of a deck of cards in my bathroom yeah i i I need i don't know i'm like nowhere close i don't think yeah there's technique to it just i I would just go to youtube check out some videos you could probably tear them some 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 brands are harder than others but i with some technique, I'm sure you could probably tear through a deck. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I just haven't seen a whole lot of, uh, and like I said, it might be accessibility, you know, like how accessible some of the tools are. Um, but yeah, I don't see as many women lifters like 
yeah lifting uh you know like dumbbells i, I know like i said that's why we kind of took note of you lifting the block like the well the, the half 80 legacy when you cleaned it because it's like oh man like Tammy's doing uh, some long lifts. Like it kind of stood out because like no one else I really yeah. does it, you know? So uh, I just wondered if that was like, is that something that like any of you guys talk about at all? Like, oh, we're going to kind of chase this feed or, hey, I want to pinch 235s. Do you ever talk about that kind of stuff or is it more yeah. just like competition focused? Sarah, Sarah and Jen and I, we have a little grip chat group, you know? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cool to have like lady friends that want to, that, that's what we want to talk about. It's like grip stuff, you know? like yeah. well but then yeah, you usually get to like, like start challenging each other too or one person will do something and then it kind of it yeah. i don't know you, you kind of get into these like yeah. yeah um i i bet sarah could lift and jen too i think could lift the thomas inch dumbbell um i think she, it's accessibility for her i don't think she has one that's in wyoming that she knows of um, do, do you think that she could lift it like right now if it was just right in front of her or do you think like oh she has the potential to lift it I think she could lift it right now. Okay. I bet. Okay. That's something I, like, I, I plan on having her as a future guest. That's something I'll have to ask her about. Um, yeah. If she, if she kind of plans on doing that or. I know how- Jen's been messing around. I think she's been hacking off handles of, uh, cause she's, you know, they're both going mm-hmm. to uh, Sweden for the. Yeah. There's a comp- big, yeah. There's like a big competition over there. Yeah. yeah. And I think, aren't they having like a blob or. They have a couple yeah. different medleys. Um, I think there's like a natural stone medley. There's there's a bunch of things over there. Yeah. I, I I don't remember the event listing, but yeah, it's a it, it's I, a I per, Jen, pretty pretty good lineup. Yeah, Jen's been constantly like searching for um, dumbbells that she's been hacking the handles off. So that's her training. Yeah, super gotcha. cool. She's she's psyched. Yeah, I think we're all we're all motivated. It's just there's just so much out there. You know, it's like it's almost TMI grip. <laughs> no like absolutely yeah but you know if, if if something's right in front of us heck yeah we'll try it like but um i i don't know if i would try the blobs if nick didn't have them right here um, yeah i know there is a thomas inch dumbbell that jeff whaling jeff walling owns um mm-hmm. he's in i think he's in like uh oregon washington area mm-hmm. yeah so he was at king kong last year so i might be like, throw that in your car, bring it to King Kong. <laughs> yeah. That's usually a good time when you get kind of a bunch of different people in one area where everybody's competing or something and kind of yeah. bring in extra stuff. And it gives people a chance to maybe get hands on stuff that they don't always have access to at their regular gym or home gym. Um, but, uh, yeah. but yeah, like I said, Tammy, I, I said, I'll, I'll probably start wrapping up. Cause like I said, I don't want to, I don't want to hold you up yeah. too long or ramble. Cause like we could always probably, you know, find a different grip subject or keep going down a different rabbit hole. But, um, yeah. for the most part, um, like I said, um, I, I just felt like you had probably an interesting take. And I think a lot of people could relate to a lot of the things you're talking about and a lot of things you're discussing. And like I said, it just, it gives a different, um, just a different take on things. Everybody's personality is different. Everybody's background's different. Um, this is the second time I've had somebody like Carl was an NCAA athlete. You're a college athlete. So it's like, you know, th- th- sometimes there's like similarities in people's backgrounds, but then they're also like completely opposites and other stuff that they're doing. So um, these things kind of overlap and it's just, uh, it's just good to have so much variety in grip and so many people. And like I said, I just, I've seen you lift at the Arnold. I've seen your other lifts and other training footage and um, you're definitely one of the, you know, top grip athletes right now. 
um, that's competing on both sides as well. I'd like to bring that up that like, not only have you done, you know, arm lifting USA competitions on the big stage, you've, you know, won your weight class in King Kong on the GSI side. So I, you know, you're, you're opening yourself up to like multiple avenues and different competitions and you're, you're, you know, you're, you're winning everywhere pretty much, you know, like you said, at least for your weight class. And then occasionally maybe a couple of the, you know, the bigger lifters outlift you here and there, but, um, but yeah, so like I said, it was just important to get you on here and, uh, just like I said, get some of your opinions on some things, get your background. And, uh, like I said, just, just keeping the, like kind of shuffling the deck, just keep, keep getting through. I have a, I have a notebook of like a million people I got to get through to do interviews with. And, uh, like I said, it's just shuffling the deck, so many personalities, so many things, but everybody brings something a little bit more, you know, unique to the table. And, uh, I just thank you for the, thank you for the time and, uh, thank you for doing this. And, uh, like I said, if you uh, have thanks any questions for, about the interview or you need any help or anything with whatever, what's that? Oh, thanks for having uh, like a noob on. <laughs> oh, well, that, that, and that's the thing too, is like that. I, I, I don't, I don't want to like say it again, but like, that's the thing that's kind of funny is that like, um, I, I don't necessarily like view it that way. You know, like, oh, you're, you're, you're like a new person or blah, blah. Like you're new, but like, I can appreciate the attention to detail and the dedication and the background and how you've translated that to your current stuff and things like that. So I, I think that although time, timeline wise, you're newer, the, the technical and performance aspect and how serious you're taking it is not necessarily the average new person's mentality. So that stands out. And I think that's really good. Um, and I think that's something that people can kind of pick up from you. Um, and like me having you on as a new person, like a lot of people misconstrue this. Okay. So a lot of people think that because I started this show or that because my home gym looks like I've been doing grip for 20 years, they think that like, I've just been around since the beginning and I'm like, I've always been here. It's like, I did my first competition in 2021. So like, I'm, I'm pretty new myself. I just always get like this, like everybody I talk to, I'll have like lifters that have been like, uh, I've had lifters that have been doing it longer than me, but like maybe I'm out lifting them and stuff and they'll just be like, Oh yeah. And they'll like group me into this like veteran category. And I'm like, no dude like you were here before me what are you talking about like you know so it's like yeah. in, in in very many ways i'm i'm still pretty new to the sport like yeah have i done a lot of competitions have i put a lot of time in do i take it serious yeah absolutely yeah. but i'm i'm relatively new myself so um yeah it, it's yeah. it's no big deal if you feel like you know you've only been doing it a couple of years but like i said once again the level and what you're doing and the performance of it is uh you know does the talking and uh I appreciate it. And I appreciate like, you're just very well-spoken and thanks for doing this show because I'm such a podcast nerd. And like, I, this past year, I like seek out any, you know, podcast I can about grip and yeah. Um, And I just want to give a thanks to my hubby, my husband, Mike. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like he's been, I feel like that's important with any, whatever you're doing out there is a supportive partner Um, because, you know, it's a lot of time and, you know, money and time and effort that goes into what we're doing. And oh, so yeah. I think that's key. And it's, he's very, very uh, supportive of just training and having me go to these competitions and helping out with the kids while I'm gone. <laughs> and, you know, just 
things yeah. like that. Like, um, just he gets psyched too, and he's got his own thing going on with his climbing. And yeah, I think that's it's important to have you know a little bit of support in that area if you if you can, whether it's a friend or boyfriend or you know somebody to kind of hold yeah. you accountable, carry you on, and not make you feel guilty. I have some friends that like I'm like oh man, like I feel like they make each other feel guilty about their passions or you know like yeah yeah so like why why like why do you want to do that and it's like well i don't know why do you want to do whatever you do like you know like yeah. why why you they get kind of negative about it or like exactly yeah i'm like that's not healthy so yeah like i like i had a just like a youtube comment on a video and i i don't pay much attention to youtube comments i'll glance at them every now and then but uh like it was like me lifting a crusher or something and someone's like like what's this for why even do this and i'm like i don't know to get stronger like why not like what you know like, uh, like <laughs> oh yeah there's haters oh. out there it's, it's just <laughs> funny it's but it's like i don't know it's like uh, you know wh why not get stronger oh, oh why comment like I, yeah i don't know you're like what right. are you doing you're commenting so why comment like i'm i'm lifting yeah. whatever so yeah it it's funny when you get people like that but uh no like i said i think it's important that you have a a very good emphasis on, like we said, the family, the lifestyle, the habits, all that stuff kind of tied in and, you know, helps the training and helps all the performances and stuff like that, that you're capable of pulling off. Um, and like I said, uh, I'll, what's that? Now it's time to go eat some ice cream right now. <laughs> oh yeah. That's, that's the, that's the secret recovery is yeah, ice cream. Um, a little, little bit. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. But, uh, but yeah, so like I said, I thank you again for being on the show and, um, like I said, I look forward to uh, maybe interviewing Sarah at some point and I can talk to her about that inch dumbbell lift. And like I said, we, <laughs> we, we, we kind of spoke about uh, someone had messaged a thing about um, on the grip show thing about like having like an all women's panel. Cause I've talked about having like, like a, a panel of for topic discussions and stuff like that. So maybe I'll bring you back on if we do like an all women's panel or something <laughs> and you know, w w whatever. And, you know, just, just to get different yeah. takes or just to do something like that or just to have fun. So um, like I said, there's a lot of ideas with the show and a lot of things like that. So like I said, it might not be the last time you're on the show. We could get you. Melody would be fun for the panel. I bet Melody. <laughs> okay. Yeah. See, and like a yeah. lot of, and that's the other thing too, is like being kind of new myself. I, I hear yeah. names, but I don't necessarily know them. So it's like through doing stuff like this, I kind of get a better idea and kind of learn new names. And like I said, it helps me out too. So uh but yeah, any any like closing words for anybody? I don't think so. I think oh good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I I think it went pretty good. Oh. Like I said, I might have a oh, what's up. Uh, I was not w wanting to follow your Instagram page for quite a long time because that hand behind you, yeah, creeps me out big time. Like okay. <laughs> <laughs> then I heard it was like a it's a chimpanzee. Ah, uh, it's a orangutan orangutan okay yeah yeah so it's like Scary. yeah no i i came up with the idea because it's like i mean obviously they're like i don't say like climbers but obviously like hanging and climbing and yeah. uh and stuff okay. like that and and, and kind of known for grip strength so i was like i thought it was a human hand and i was like this is creepy like no yeah yeah no i i chose an orangutan hand because i was like man i anytime you make a logo for something I'm like real weird where I'm like, 
it has to be like custom. I don't want it to look like anybody else's stuff. I, you know, cause there's a lot of apps these days. There's a lot of things and they'll give you like these like cookie cutter kind of uh, templates. And it's yeah. like, and it's almost like cartoonish or it's too plain. And it's like, if I'm going to make a logo, I gotta like, it's gotta be right. So I kind of came across <laughs> like the orangutan hand and doing that. And then I kind of wanted a certain font and like, whatever. So that's how yeah. it kind of came to be. But yeah, it's basically, it's like, okay, well, they have strong grip. It's a hand. It's cool. It's the grip show. You know, whatever. So like, that's how it kind of came about, but that's what okay. it is. Yeah. It's orangutan hand and, uh, orangutan. Like I said, okay. And, and, and they right. got, they got some strong grip. So, uh, that's why I went with that. But, uh, okay. now I know. Oh, yeah. Is, is, is that, is that clear up everything on that one? Yeah, that's clear now. Okay. So, um, but yeah, once again, you know, thanks for being on the show. And I've said it like 10 times now. So, um, I will yeah, actually let you. you go this time so you can eat the ice cream and do all that. Um, a little bit. But, uh, yeah, like I said, thanks for sharing your story. Thanks for giving us your time and uh, look forward to seeing how you lift in Florida and how you place in the other competitions and wish you the best in your training and wish you the best with, uh, you know, all the stuff coming up. So <laughs> thank you. You as yep. well. I'll see you in Florida. Woohoo. <laughs> all right. Yep. Thank you. I'll see you. Yep. Bye bye.